York sports fans. I am Danielle McCartan. Danielle, at Sunday dinner time, I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up till 10 p.m. on this beautiful Sunday evening here in New York City. I have eaten my mezzi rigatoni with the Parmigiano Reggiano, shaved, of course. Uh, what, what's on your dinner table for tonight? So whatever you're doing at the moment, maybe it is barbecuing, maybe you're driving up from the Jersey Shore. I appreciate you tuning into the show right now and throughout the rest of tonight. Happy Juneteenth and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there listening right now, including mine. And I think, I think we might have a special guest tonight, and I think his name is D.A.D., just for a few minutes. He'll be calling in a little bit later tonight. I'll be interviewing him. So, uh, you know, if you're interested, that'll be a little bit later tonight. And, of course, we're here in the Big Apple. Connor Green and I are coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in lower Manhattan. And, uh, you know, this new format has been working quite well. So I'm going to do a little bit on the Yankees right now, and I want you to call me ASAP. I'm taking calls in this first segment. Here we go. You know, it is, uh, it, it's no surprise that even after the loss today, the Yankees are absolutely rolling. I mean, they've got still, still the best record in baseball. And yes, you could point to the bullpen implosion with Castro today, giving up the walk to Matt Chapman, and then the grand slam to Lourdes Goriel Jr. I mean, Castro has been just so brutal this year. It was like par for the course. And, and I'm not really sure what the Yankees were thinking Um and adding him to the roster. Because did they ever watch any Mets games from last season? So if you're a Yankee fan, we're going to put a positive spin on this a little bit. Luckily, Domingo Herman's return seems to be a little on the horizon. Um, he's expected to make a rehab start. And he's expected, in, in my opinion, and I think that's kind of the consensus, that he's just going to slide right into the Yankees' bullpen, which would be such a weapon to have him, which... In a role that I think would be his specialty, the long-inning reliever, maybe that spot-start starter, you know how Boone sometimes likes to do that, especially with these guys like Cortez and Tyone and Severino, who, who their arms aren't built up. Like, what is the innings limit on these guys? So to get Herman back, whether that be a long-inning reliever or a spot-starter, you know, even a six starter. It's it's a huge weapon for this Yankees team. Um, and that'll obviously push Castro down on the depth chart out there for sure. And 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 Fangraphs has not yet updated their figures, but going into today's game, the Yankees bullpen had the second best ERA in the league, trailing only the Astros. And it's probable though, looking at the numbers, I would say after today, maybe they've dropped to maybe fourth. Maybe fifth, probably not, but you know what? That's that's still all right. It's just perspective, Yankees fans. And also looking on the bright side, the Yankees are 9-1 over their last 10 games. Everyone knows that Aaron Judge is having an MVP season. Everyone knows that the Yankees' starting rotation is at or near the top in so many categories. But I think of... One of the maybe more, I don't know, underrated performers on this Yankee team. A guy who doesn't get, I don't know, a lot of buzz. Glaber Torres. I mean, Torres entered today's game with a 400 average against the Blue Jays starter in 15 at-bats. And over the past 15 games, Glaber Torres has been ripping the cover off the baseball. 
a 340 average, four home runs, 13 runs, and a 1.086 OPS. That's before today. And if you look at what he did today, the solo shot in the top of the second, 404 feet to left field, that brought the score to 2-1, to one, so it was important. 2-1 to one Blue Jays, that is. So it was important. A single in the top of the fourth. Then a two-run double off the wall. It wasn't some whimsy, you know, <laughs> whimsy. I just thought of Al Dukes' dog. It wasn't some flimsy little dink and dunk hit off the wall. I mean, it rocketed off the wall in the fifth inning, made it 6-2 New York Yankees, and he finished the day 3-for-5 with three RBIs. Three-RBI. Three Going into today's game, here's where Glaver Torres ranked among all major league second basemen. Top 10 in defensive runs saved, uh, which is 7. He's tied with Trevor Story, Jeremy Pena, and Miles Straw. He's 4th in the league among all second basemen in slugging percentage. This is going into today's game. And he's he was tied for 3rd in home runs. I don't know if Jose Altuve homer today or whatever, but he was t- tied with him for 3rd in home runs with, with 12. Now it's 13. I have to check on that too. And, you know, Jose Altuve, he cheats in everything. So, you know, so, so why the Glaber Torres renaissance. Well, it is, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to be Einstein to figure out that is the renaissance of Glaber Torres is directly correlated to his switch back to second base defensive. A move that Aaron Boone himself wanted to be done and got it done at the end of last season. And if you remember, we did talk about that here when it happened. So, when I went to Yankee Stadium during my school's spring break in April, I went directly to the source to try to get some answers. Here's all one minute and 32 seconds of me and Glaber Torres from in front of the home dugout of Yankee Stadium on April 14th, 2022. What are some main differences then between playing? It's like it's like putting on a tie in a different way in a mirror, I assume. Yeah, I mean, sure, you got a more space. Most of the ground boys coming to you, I mean... Yeah. You need to move the, the feet a little bit more, so yeah. it's a great position. I mean, I really love short, but I second is another position. Is uh, I feel like more easier because it's more close to the first base, and yeah. I mean, it's just like be be consistent in both positions. And like I say, every opportunity you got to play whatever position, try to do the best. When you switch from short to second. The note, it was noticeable, the jump in your offensive production. How can you explain that? How, why would that occur? I don't know. It's just weird, but uh, uh, I mean, always I really love hitting. Um, when I don't do the right thing the, on the on the hitting stuff, I just want to do the best thing in the defense. So basically, I think it's more easier when I play second. Uh, I don't know how, but uh, the team's going well to me. So... I'm just trying to do the best for my team, and, and if it's in second, in second, if short is short, I just, just want to do the best thing I can do, and, yeah. and every opportunity I, I, I have, try to hit really well and, and try to do the best thing for my team. And about how many percentage-wise, how many reps do you take at second base versus shortstop in practice? Uh, I don't know. Depends how I feel that day. Yeah, awesome. Glaber, thank you. I appreciate it. Glaber Torres on April 14th, 2022. And you can, by, by the way, watch the video too on the WFAN social channels. I think all you have to do is just go into Google and just type in McCartan Torres. It should come right up. But the quote that he said, he said, I don't know, it's weird. It's more easier when I play second. I don't know how. 
So maybe there isn't an explanation. I mean, even the man himself can't explain it. Are you surprised about Torres' resurgence? I got a DM from somebody that said something along the lines of, he can't believe, he said, Mark Edelman DM'd me, he said, I never in a million years would have thought that Torres would become this type of hitter again. So that's he sent that what? So let me look. Uh, three hours ago. Right. So you look at Glaber Torres. He's having a fun time out there. He's smiling again. He's celebrating on the Bates paths again. He just looks much more comfortable. He, t- he told you that on April 14th. Told me that on April 14th and us. And he just looks it here on June 19th. And that, to a player, this this level of comfort is just, it's a lot. And and as you can hear from Gleyber Torres, you, you can't quantify it. And, and, you know, maybe you come into the ballpark, you know where you're going to be playing defensively, you're having confidence in yourself again. We've talked about that before. Remember, 90% of the game, finish it, yeah, is half mental. Then, all right, maybe some, maybe let's try to rationalize this. Torres, this year, this season, is much more aggressive at the plate. And he fell off that mentality last season. And what I mean by that is this. In 2021, so last season, 26% of Torres' strikeouts were were looking. And prior to that, in his career in the Bronx, only 13% of his strikeouts were looking. So you don't need me to tell you that that's double. This year, it's about 15%. So he is less hesitant. It's paying off for him. Maybe his pitch recognition has improved. I mean, there's there's many different things that you can look at for that. But he's comfortable in the batter's box. He's, I don't know, matured as a hitter, you know, asking guys for their input on what to expect when you're at the plate. It, it, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and ask him. And the third thing is that Gleyber Torres is hitting the ball hard to all fields. I mean, his heart hit percentage is in the 89th percentile. Last season, it was in the 26th percentile. His average, this is Gleyber Torres' average exit velocity. He's crushing the ball. It's in the 93rd percentile. Last season, I couldn't believe it. It was in the, in the 15th percentile. And if you look... The spray chart on Glaber Torres is beautiful. There are dots all over the field of all different colors, singles, doubles, all everything, including beyond the outfield fence. He's got six home runs to left field. I believe that counts today. Yeah, I think it does. Six home runs to left field, seven to right field. So it's safe to say that Glaber's back. And I, and I preached to, to all the Yankee fans out there a, a little bit of perspective for the team at this point in time. They still have the best record in baseball. The sky is not falling. I know Castro stinks. Herman's coming back. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's perspective is a really good word. And, and I kind of borrowed that from Susan Waldman on the post game. I was like, you know what? Let me write that down. That was a beautiful, beautiful word. Yankee fans, a little bit of perspective. And I want to hear your perspective now. 877-337-6666. In the order that you called, and that's the way we're going to go, Ken in Manhattan, you are up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. 
Hey, Ken, you're a leadoff of tonight. What's up? Thank you. Uh, your, your points, uh, you're, you're right on point with regard to uh, Torres and what you said about his, you know, level of comfortability mm-hmm. obviously leads to, uh, you know, his confidence and so forth. Right. And, pr- and he's probably, if he can keep this up, and so he's still young, uh, I could see him uh, in the Hall of Fame one day. Well, but- let's pump the brake on that, Ken. Let's, you know what I mean? He was, the guy was just on the trade block last season. You know what I mean? He's got four seasons under his belt. Let's pump the brakes on Torres to uh, to the Baseball Hall of Fame on uh, for right now. Let's just say that's because he was, as you said, he was playing shortstop when he should have been playing in his natural position, which is second base. Had a lot to do with it. Well, yes, but we're not going to go ahead and enshrine him and retire his number just yet. I mean, he he hasn't won a World Series yet. Come on, for crying out loud! Come on. That's true, but the reason, basically, the the reason I called is. Uh, about what happened with regard to Mr. Castro. Uh, had a bit of a, un- uh, he was pretty unlucky because the uh, umpire wasn't doing his job exactly. Strike one, strike two, strike three. I don't know if you saw the game. You know what? I, was, I watched it at home, and then when Castro was in, I was listening to it on the radio, so I didn't see. Want to replay that where he, it was obvious. These were obvious uh, strikes, Danielle. Okay, and, and, they were called, and they were called balls? The next batter hits the grand slam. Mm-hmm. Been uh, st- uh, three outs. They're in the dugout. Huh? What happened, by the way? Huh? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and take a look at that because uh, you know I was listening on the radio. It's obviously hard, you know, and it wasn't exactly communicated. But you know, hey. And what's your opinion, Daniel? What is your opinion of uh, the electronic strike zone? I'd like to hear your take. Um, electronic strike zone. So there's two ways I, that I just came into my mind on how, to, how baseball can utilize it, like. In place of umpires, or as sort of like a review, sort of challenge balls and, balls and strikes kind of thing. If if that if it goes that way, I don't want to see it. It's just going to elongate the game. Everybody's talking about making the game more engaging. There's nothing less engaging than watching umpires try to figure out calls. Never mind balls and strikes. So that That's, would lose its human yes. element. Absolutely correct. But I like your your idea. I like your take on it. But though, Ken, I like the idea of an electronic strike zone because there is no wiggle room. That's it. You know what I mean? For, for, but my point being that to slow it, the game down, to use it as in a challenge scenario, forget about it. But to actually use it, you know, to call balls and strikes, I like it. Because as a batter, you like it because it's consistent. As a pitcher, you like it because it's consistent. Imagine how many walks uh, Mr. Judge would have. Probably set the record. Yeah, probably would. And, and, and I made a joke the other day at, at one of my games in – I have a my pitcher was tall. She's taller than me, like a foot and a half taller than me, and she got called a called strike on a pitch that was below her knees. And I turned around to the whatever grandfather was sitting behind me, and I said, "That's the Aaron Judge discount over there." And he didn't know what I meant. The judge is obviously an anomaly. If you, if you look at the guy, you really can't blame the, blame the umps. I mean, how many times is a guy six foot seven or six foot eight? Yeah, I know, but. Bottom? You know, the definition of the strike zone is, and that's what they should be measuring it by. Sometimes, you know, Judge, and there was a study, I talk, we talked about this, yeah. that uh, a long time ago, that, that he gets the most low-called balls, or strikes that were balls on him out of anybody. Yeah, I think it was 186 one year. It's ridiculous. Yeah, right. it's, it's ridiculous. And, and can having an electronic strike zone would absolutely rectify that. Absolutely. I'm all for it. It, it it um what's it called? It keeps the the integrity of the game. I mean, 
even this, like even at, at my level, you look at the umpire that's behind the plate, you're like, all right, this guy likes to call high strikes. We could be in trouble today. This guy likes to call low strikes. We could be in trouble today. You know what I mean? It's just, it takes the guesswork out of it. It, it makes the game truer. Sorry to the umpires, but, you know, there are no blown calls that are going to change the complexion of the game. And as you're saying, Ken, I was listening to it. I wasn't watching it. I'm more of a, I like to watch things. I didn't get to see it. But if you say that that the Yankees could have been in the dugout based on a couple calls going one way or the other, I'm going to take, take your word for it because I didn't get a chance to see it. Rick in Tampa, you're up on the fan, Rick. Danielle, what's up, my dear? What's up, Rick? How are you? Uh, uh, well, uh, a couple things. First, I'm I'm still still harboring your uh, uh, your jinxing our Rangers by saying that to your cousin down here in Tampa. <laughs> I knew that was the kiss of death, yeah. and you know it was. <laughs> well, I, I I had a, yeah. a little joy in seeing uh, every goal being scored last listen, night against uh, Vasilevsky. No, no. Yeah, that, that's listen. You tell your cousin, your cousin, right? Yeah. They're, they're, Tampa's going to win. That you don't have to worry. I mean, I hate them, but they're going to win. That's how they play it. Point points back. They'll come back. They'll regroup. They won't score on Vasilevsky. It's the way they play, and it's it's sickening to see how great they are. And they will win. You watch. I told Moose it this morning. All right. You watch. We'll see. They're, I'm just telling you that now, and I couldn't care less about them, but they're going to win. <laughs> but back to something more important to us, Yankees baseball. I'll yeah. be up there this week. Yeah, the Houston series. Are you going to be at any of the games? Me? I can, no, I, it's my last week game, of school. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, any chance? Uh, Thursday is graduation at school, so that's out. No. That's uh, no. Friday, <clears throat> I'm working Saturday here, so that's out. Maybe Friday. Uh, Maybe Friday. All right, well, email, if you're there, let me know because I'll okay. definitely get catch up and say hey sure uh when we're there um and i have to say though is oh i love your thing with glaber uh the interview with glaber glaber's a good friend of mine down here when he comes and uh he comes and sees me and sits and we talk for we talk about hours but we talk for a long time during spring training and i always say to him i, I go glaber now and i get on him i go okay this year second base it's gonna be you're feeling better he goes i love second base it's great it's great. I feel much happier, mm-hmm. happier, happier second base. I go, what do they put you at shortstop? Because they've done it. He goes, yeah, I play shortstop too. But, you know, second base is happy. I see the ball. And, and, he, and you know, he's so funny, the guy. And, he, and, and he's just having a great year. So I have to agree with you 100% about Glaber. He's a great guy. But, listen, I have to say this. And, and I'm, I'm a jealous guy. I, I'm, I don't want to lose this game when we're winning 6-2 to two or whatever it was because I just got off work. Mm-hmm. And – Castro, yeah, you're right. Oh, he's got to go. Jermon, and and just think, Johnny Lasag, uh, Johnny's coming back lasagna, and I can't wait till that comes back. But our starters, the last three games, five innings each, five innings, five innings, five innings. What's up with that? I'm not not too happy with that. And I have to say that it's uh, I I'm I know that they'll turn it around. I mean, not turn it around, but the but the idea is every time something like this happens, it's like okay. Let's just get back. They got Tampa this uh, tomorrow, right? Uh, but I, this five inning stuff. At, at some point, these guys. I mean, Severino had. Well, I know he maybe had a little fever or something, but I mean, I mean, five innings and Tyone five innings, and even Jordy did five innings. So I, I was a little bit bothered by that. So I don't know what your thoughts on that. Yeah. But I, I am. Uh, I'm psyched about this Houston series, like you just said. They have the number one bullpen. We have the number two. 
that it's going to be a battle. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, and Rick, thanks for the call there. Um, you know, I, I was I was thinking of why, <clears throat> first of all, I, I hate how they pull the pitchers early. That's well documented. That is, you know what I mean, like early on in the games. But I, I was talking with Bruce Shine on our Twitter spaces this past week, and he kind of put it into perspective a little bit. And he said, well, as I was saying before, you know, these these pitchers, what is, they, they haven't pitched you know, full, quote-unquote, full seasons in, in, in years. So what is the innings limit on these guys? What is the ceiling? We, we'll, we'll, you and I, we're never going to know what the ceiling on these guys is. And would you rather have them pitching now it late into games or in the fall late into games? And I was kind of was like, well, when you put it that way, you know, you're pitching Severino – right out of his innings limit. And we can argue about the the effectiveness and the, you know the the validity of innings limits, but if you're having them pitch now and exceeding that in, innings limit, well, the Yankees are World Series or bust, what happens? Then what happens? So at this point in time, I'm okay with it. Again, the Yankee a little bit of perspective everybody. The Yankees have the best record in baseball. Yes, they drop one to the Blue Jays today. Yes, they reside in the same division. However, a little bit of perspective, and that's all I ask. Let's do. Let's weave in a little Mets stuff here. Coming up next here on the fan, uh, let's talk some Francisco Lindor, and of course your Yankees calls at eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Welcome back to McCartan before midnight. Danielle at dinner time here on the fan in New York City. I've set the table for you for the Yankees. Now let's talk some Mets. You know, I've been quite vocal over the past couple days on Twitter about Francisco Lindor. And this weekend, you probably know by now that his mother, who was who is in a wheelchair, surprised him in the media press conference room. And it was her first time seeing him play as a Met in New York. So on this Father's Day 2022, here's a 40-second clip from SNY from Friday night of Francisco Lindor talking about his mother. She's seen me play for sure, you know, but we were just concerned of her flying, you know, the pressure in her head. She suffered a head injury in 2020. Um, and it happened right in front of us. All of us were at the table and this happened, you know, life is extremely precious. And sometimes we take that for granted. Um, just, just to see her here in New York, it's a dream. It's a victory for my whole entire family. And God is good. That's all I can say. God is good. And and my mom, my mom get to watch me play as a New York man. And that to me is special in New York. This Francisco Lindor is much more likable than the rat raccoon Francisco Lindor. The thumbs down that might as well have just been a middle finger to the fans Francisco Lindor. Am I right? He hit a three-run home run Friday night when she was there. He hit a, what was it, a two-run home run on Saturday when she was there. And today, you know, he hit a single in the bottom of the sixth to score Marte, who had just tripled with two outs, to score the first run of the game for either team. In the sixth, it was his seventh RBI this series for Lindor. So this Francisco Lindor seems to be finally settling into New York to be finally endearing himself to Mets fans this weekend. And 
far beyond just being more likable. Are there significant turnarounds happening on the baseball field for Lindor? Because one might point out and say, all right, well, going into today's game, he had 51 RBI. He didn't get to 51 RBI last season until September 12th. It's June 19th. And the best part is what he told Steve Serby. He said, I, this is Lindor, but I feel like there's so much room for me to grow. Even in Cleveland, I didn't hit my peak in Cleveland. I definitely haven't hit it here yet. Every day I'm learning. I feel like every day there's something that I could have done better. End quote from Lindor to Serby. Which is true because I looked at Lindor's offensive numbers. They're similar to last year's batting average, strikeout percentage on the season, I'm saying, so far. Uh, last year where he finished to, to, to where he is now. I mean, the numbers are similar. Batting average, strikeout percentage, on-base percentage, on-base plus slugging. Yet, yet, I look at the, you know, the stat cast data and his hard hit percentage percentile is about half of what it was last year. His average exit velocity dropped from the 75th percentile last season to, to the 48th this season. He's chasing a lot more balls out of the zone than he had last year. He's walking at a slower pace this year than last year. Not like physically walking, like like taking ball four. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is, well, yes, he is a career slow starter, but hey, it's mid-June. And yes, Lindor has got plenty of things that he could do better. His percentiles are mostly down across the board from last season to this season. And yet the Mets are still rolling with the best record in the National League. Oh, what a different narrative that is spun when the team is winning, right? But it's also a testament to how well-balanced this Mets team is because it's getting production from guys up and down the lineup, and it's not just this year relying on any single player to get it done when Lindor was often that player last season. So some of the pressure has been alleviated or taken off of him this season, and I just want to see, you know, I want everybody to succeed, you know, and I just want to see him just bottle up that spark that his mom and his family being at City Field this this weekend, and I just want to see him take off. Can he do it? That's another question. But at least he has the cushion of, of the Mets having the best record in the National League and a team and teammates that can seem to get it done, and the, the spotlight doesn't always shine brightest. On him. So, Mets and Yankees on the table, 877-337-6666. The order that you called, Walter in Brooklyn, you are up next on the fan. Yes, how you doing, Danielle? Uh, I hope you had a, a good day so far today. To you too, evening. Walter. Thank you. Uh, yeah, about the Yankees. Uh, I'm a big-time Yankee fan, mm-hmm. and I grew up. My dad took me to my first Yankee game when I saw Mickey Mantle play. Anyway, this current Yankee team is really, really good. Yeah. Despite this, in spite of today's loss, uh, the word that you use, perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people can't get too excited. Right. Don't get yourself down for one loss. But what I think Boone and Mac Blake are doing, like the call before, five innings pitching the starters, mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea. The reason why I say that. We don't know how many innings each person can. They begin with some injuries, some right. starters. And if you could stretch them out, like next month, July, six innings, 
August, possibly seven every other day. Mm-hmm. I think that prime and be ready yes. where it really matters in the postseason. Now, I think bonus these 13 game, games that we have played with five and one, we got three with Tampa and four more with Houston. Mm-hmm. What Boone is trying to do, which is a great idea, is that they're going to put people in high-level situation against good teams. You got Tampa, you got Toronto. Probably two of those teams are going to be in the playoffs. Okay, as a wild card, mm-hmm. you know, Houston's going to be there. Mm-hmm. So give them situations to see if they can get through high-level pressure situation. Mm-hmm. Now, let them get the feel of a little pressure experience when it gets to the end. Now, you know, when it, I have no worries about Holmes. I think Holmes has got to be a ninth in the closer. Right now, I would look at, okay, you got Chapman, and I know he's erratic. I would put Michael King in the eighth, Chapman in the sixth. The reason why I say that, let Chapman prove if he can handle the sixth or seventh, but he's got to be a team player. He can't get his ego frustrated. If he could accept the role, even if he put him in the eighth inning and get that little experience, and he could shut him down in the eighth and don't feel that extra pressure, and he's more relaxed because when Holmes comes in, he knows what he's throwing. Slides out there, Walter. And that, and that's, that plan that you just outlined with Roldis Chapman is something that I have been a proponent for since last season. Anybody that's a fan of the show knows that I've been saying Chapman can't handle closing. He has to be put in in lower leverage situations because I cannot watch that that, that that silly grin on his face after he, he gives up game-winning home runs Time and time again. And just one one quick note before I send this to break here. Um, take, for example, today's starter, Luis Severino. He's got 61 innings so far this season. Last year, the whole year, he pitched six. The year before that, 2019, well, nothing in 20, I guess. In 19, he pitched 12 innings. So he has not pitched a full, quote-unquote, season of 191 innings, you know, since since 2018. He was an all-star. Okay, since then, he's pitched, let me add this up real quick, 61 uh, plus 6 is, what, 67 plus 12. I mean, that's it over, over the past four years. So there's clearly a plan in place. Let's not get all in an up, as my mom would say, don't get in an uproar right now. Don't get in an uproar. All right? Again, Yankee fans, perspective. We've got a break, an update. I'll be right back with you. Welcome back to Danielle at dinner time here on The Fan in New York City. As Steve Summers would say, hey, did you see Steve uh, on the uh, on the broadcast today? Yes, and why? And Mr. Met, Eddie Coleman? Yeah, I'm here, you're there, me here, you there, right? So, hey, uh, I've set the table with some Mets and some Yankees. And we're taking your calls at 877-337-6666. Give me your reactions to today's games. Both teams who have been on a tear uh, ended their Sundays with a loss. But as I said before, a little bit of perspective, everybody. You know, you heard me uh, just last weekend, was it last Sunday, speaking with Lindsay Berra on here, right on this radio station about the new Yogi Berra documentary called It Ain't Over. So I bought a ticket 
she, I, I didn't want to go alone, right? Who <laughs> wants to go to the movies alone? But she was like, I'll be there. Buy a ticket. Come. All right. So I bought the ticket. I met her and, and some others there on Thursday night over at the theater on, uh, what was it, 23rd Street. And as I'm sitting there, I'm like, ooh, I have not been to see a movie in literally years, by the way. But as Lindsay told us both, you and I, last week, the point of the movie, it's called It Ain't Over. It's a documentary. And the point of it is basically to remind people that that Yogi Berra was more than just a squat, funny man. He was one of the best, most accomplished baseball players to ever live. And that was clearly communicated throughout the film. And I was expecting it to be funny because, well, I mean, the main character is Yogi Berra. Um, I would say... One of my, my favorite parts in the film is, is they showed these complex quotes from like an Aristotle or a Plato or some historical individual, Machiavelli, whatever it was. And then they showed right underneath it, you know, they gave you time to read it. And then they showed you right underneath it a, a yogiism that completely oversimplified it. And, and the people in the audience laughed every time. And they had Derek Jeter in the film and, and he was talking about how yogi always oversimplified everything. Like he told him once, swing and strikes. Well, yeah, that makes sense. So that story, that Derek Jeter story, it just kind of punctuated all of those little funny comparisons between, you know, these great grand philosophers and of course, Yogi Berra. But I was, I gotta say, I was not expecting the film to be as emotional and as moving as it was. I mean, Dale opened up about his struggles with substances and, to all of the basically just the, the eulogies that the interviewees gave when talking about the impact of Yogi's life on theirs after he passed away. I mean, there were two very quick scenes that were close. Maybe they were back-to-back, -back, but they were definitely close uh, in time to each other in the film. And one of them was Lindsay, Barra, and one of them was Joe Girardi. And in both scenes... They, they didn't say anything. They just sat there, and they were fighting back tears as the camera focused on them and they didn't need to say a word it was just really powerful stuff and even more powerful I think because I wasn't expecting it at all at least you now listening when you get to go see it you'll be at least a little bit expecting it but some of you on social media uh, were asking how you can see it too well they're hoping to have it out to everyone in the fall whether that's in theaters or on a streaming service I saw it at the Tribeca Festival of course and it's not called the Tribeca Film Festival anymore they took the word film out, but so I saw it there. But of course, I'll keep you informed of, of, of all of that um, because I highly recommend it. And what a fantastic film for Yankee fans. Yes, but but for Mets fans, too, because they did talk a little bit about how he when he was managing the Mets. And, I, you know, I, I just I'm not getting paid to say this. I paid for my ticket to go. They didn't give me a free ticket. I cannot say enough good things about the Yogi Berra. It ain't over documentary. And, and it wasn't a baseball, you know, quote-unquote baseball movie either. It was a film about an immigrant who had a contract from the Yankees in his hands but decided to serve his country in the Navy. It was a film about a family man who was just so steadfast in his morals and in his principles. And, you know, and, and there was a scene, too, where he was not— Yoki Berra was not coming back to Yankee Stadium. Stein, George Steinbrenner had an assistant fire him. 
and he was not coming back. And just Susan Waldman was in. I still have to email her. Student Susan Waldman was in it. Uh, and there was there was film of her and the the two of them, Bera and uh, and Steinbrenner, George, sitting at the uh, at the Yogi Bear Museum in Montclair. And right here on these airwaves, the fan airwaves, they were talking about you know that that's that's how they made up at the museum in Montclair on this. You know, it was just as I'm sitting there, I'm like, wow, like that's 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 my team, the fan. That, that's my team. Susan made that happen. Oh man, it was just, you know what? It, it, it's it, I can't say enough good things about it. You just have to, to, you know, go out and see it, and just you know, all of those things that I just said about Yogi Berra, and and just the film was also just happened to be about the most winningest baseball player or in baseball history, right? And I am just just so happy that that Lindsay invited me the other night. I'm so glad that I went, and I cannot wait for you to see it too. Like I said, there are not enough good things that I could say about this and and he said he would call because when i talked about this last week i I sent out the link on how everybody should go and buy the ticket and and he said he would call and here he is renzo from queens you are a man of your word renzo yes i am how's it going daniel hey all good how are you Good, good, good. I'm trying to figure out what to say without spoiling too much of it. I but, know, uh, I know. Yeah, you you pretty much hit all the highlights. Um, one of the big ones that uh, caught me off guard was that I forgot that his first day back at Yankee Stadium was the perfect game. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. I, I totally forgot about that. I blanked out. It's been many moons. It's been over 20 years now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that that caught me off guard. I was like, wow, I couldn't believe the magic, you know. Yogi Berra just had the Midas touch about everything in life. You know, he's a great man, great, great veteran. Um, there's not, not, no bad thing you can say about him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that and then uh, the whole connection with Jackie Robinson, how he took him in under, you know, welcome to the league. Yep. You know, when all that stuff, you know, he was way ahead of his uh, time when it came to that. Very progressive. Very progressive man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What, was, what would you say your favorite part of the whole movie was? Um, just, it's just, I don't know, I guess the emotional part about it, I, it, it caught me off guard, you know, I'm not, not tearful at all about a lot of things, but that one really, like, just, just, you know, just him being a whole family man, and the way Lindsay, you know, loves him so much, and, you know, just want to wish Yogi a happy Father's Day, of course, to him, and, you know, all the fathers out there, and myself included, I'm with my son right now at the park. Well, happy, happy Father's Day. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> But, um, yeah, just the best part was just that part, you know, just, uh, just everything he did, you know, and um, it was well-directed, well uh, you know, he took a bunch of questions after. It was nice. It was a nice moment. Um, I highly recommend everyone go see it. Hopefully, you know, it, it, it releases mainstream in the fall. If not, maybe it'll just be a streaming option somewhere, but everyone should definitely uh, check it out if they get a chance to. Yeah, and Renzo, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for calling in. He, he said he was going to. And uh, and he and he did. So I, I love people like that. I also, by the way, while we're we're on that theme, Nick G. I don't want to give out his last name from, but Nick G. from New Jersey. He told me that he was going to send me. He went to the uh, Rangers uh, playoff games at the Garden when they had the the no quit T shirts on every seat. He told me he was going to send me one. And people tell you stuff all the time, right? Nick G. from New Jersey. I got it today. It was in my mailbox, the no-quit T-shirt from the Garden. I wasn't cool enough to go out there and get one myself, but Nick G was. So he sent it, also a man of his word, 
and I appreciate it. You guys take such good care of me around here. All right, we'll go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. In the order that you called, Josh in the Bronx, you're up on the fan. Danielle. What? I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to take back the Yankees from the, from the door. I have to go nuts here because there are two Francisco Lindors. The Francisco Lindor of last year and the Francisco Lindor of this year. Um... Buck Showalter is responsible for that maturity of Lindor this season. I agree. I mean, it's like the difference is night and day. Yeah. And, night and day. And, and, and they sit next to each other in the dugout quite often. You, you'll see all that throughout the game. Buck Showalter says that he even picks Lindor's brain without him knowing it. So there is clearly a camaraderie and a trust factor there between the two of them. Yes. You call that maturity, I'm telling you. And as far as as far as the Yankees and the Met games today, you know, this is like Murphy's Law. This is just one like out of, you know, a Googleplex or something. Yeah. But um you know, when look, uh Vlad was like over seven going into the going into this game and then he he hits you know, he he's got a home run mm-hmm. and then Tiasca, Tiasca, you know. Hernandez. It's just, you know, and they're winning on the road. These games are on the road that they're winning. Mm. They're not at Yankee Stadium. So if they go and they take two out of three down in Tampa Bay, you know. I'd be okay with that, for sure. I mean, like, and then they'll play four games. If they just split at home against, against Houston, you know, the Yankees have a double-digit lead. They they lead Toronto and Tampa Bay mm-hmm. plus 10 games. Mm-hmm. And, and the Mets, Mets fans, remember what Evan, Roberts, what Evan Roberts said yesterday during Cardinal Roberts. The Mets play the Braves 15 more times. Mm-hmm. I also heard Sal Licata say that. They've got 15 games with the Braves. You've still got a long way to go. You know, wash, rinse, and repeat. Right, and Josh, and when when people were calling me up, and 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 I said the same. I said it too. I, I were like, everyone was like, "Oh my!" You know, the Mets. Oh, oh, there's panic mode. Panic mode. Oh my God, the the lead is disintegrating. I said, I said, don't panic. I, I channeled my inner Aaron Rodgers and said, relax. And I had a caller call up and said, Danielle, you're just saying that just to be provocative, to get calls. I said, no, because I actually believe it. There's nothing on this station that I say that I don't actually believe. That's not me. So when I say relax, it means I'm not worried. And here we are, and the Mets have pretty much the same lead as they had the last time everybody's. Because what I pointed to was the fact that the Braves had, had a completely easy schedule through that point. Like the bottom feeding teams in the league, they played the the the, uh, the the A's. They had the Nationals on their schedule. Whereas the Mets went to the West Coast. They they split a series with the Dodgers. They played the the, the Padres and the Angels, and these are all you know in the same time frame. And they're missing their best two pitchers, who quite frankly could be potentially two of the best pitchers in the entire league, and Scherzer, Degrom, and they did it all without them. So, is there any panic for the Mets? Absolutely not. 
And anybody that's mongering the panic is just not looking at it close enough. That's it. Period. And if there's 15 more games against the Braves, well then, guess what? The Mets have a real chance to bury them then. Real chance to bury them. You know, we've we've kind of been kind of careening towards this. The Yankees and the Mets have the two best records in baseball. It's got everyone around here thinking Subway World Series, and for good reason. So my question is this. Which team, the Yankees or the Mets, we were just talking about the schedules, has a clearer, easier path to get to the World Series? 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan, taking your calls till 10 p.m. here on The Fit. Welcome back to Danielle at dinner time here on the fan in New York City. As I look out the window here in the studio, in the Carton Roberts studio, that is, it is, seems to be the golden hour has uh, has crowned here in New York. Beautiful, beautiful sunset from what I could see, you know, between the skyscrapers here in the city. Uh, thank you for making me part of your Father's Day, part of your Juneteenth celebrations. If you are out there celebrating either of the two of those things, uh, the Yankees and Mets have both lost their games today, but. Despite the fact that they both lost, the, the, the word I'm, I'm telling everybody is is perspective. And it's a word that I copied from Susan Waldman, citation, Susan Waldman in the post game. Let's put this into perspective, everybody. The Yankees and the Mets have the best two records in the league. So, you know, even I got in, uh, in the action a little bit today. I was feeling a little bit lucky today. And I had a seven-game or seven-leg parlay uh, with $15 on it, which totaled to a plus Eight nine one nine odds. Torres to record a hit, check. Lemayhew to record a hit, check. McNeil to record a hit, check. Judge to Homer, nope. And I want to know why not? Because he entered today with three hits against the Toronto starting pitcher, and two of them are home runs. I thought that was a lock. Lindor to Homer, maybe for the third time in three days with his mom in attendance, nope. And then I had both the Mets and the Yankees to win on the money line. Double nope. Oh, well. As of today, Sunday, June 19th, which is Juneteenth, Father's Day 2022, baseball is careening towards a Subway series in the fall. There are two routes that we can go with this. One, would you want a Subway series? And for me, the only answer here is yes. This is a baseball town, isn't it? Well, you know what? Prove it, New York. Have... The two best teams in baseball square off in the fall classes right here. I'm going to point to, to my left in the Bronx. I'm going to point on my right hand in the other direction in Queens. And this, the, 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 I don't know. I, I was only 12 years old when the 20 or whatever, the 2000 Subway Series happened. I was, I was 12. I didn't really get to really appreciate it, you know? And so now to experience it as an adult. And what better than a selfish reason being a professional adult in sports media now? I'd be at every one of those games. Every one of them. So, yeah, that's a selfish thing for me. But also, too, the fervor around this city would be palpable. The storylines would be endless. You know, off just off the top of my head, will the Mets still be considered the little brother? What, what parallels could people draw between the Steve Cohen era and the George Steinbrenner era? And will the Yankees assert their dominance over the baseball scene in this city? I mean, all of that, just the top of my head. And, and they're already chanting MVP, 
in the Bronx for Judge, and they're already chanting MVP in Queens for Pete Alonzo, that is. And I mean, we're talking about fever pitch kind of stuff. So yes, Subway Series, feed it to me. Yes. And then which of the two teams, you can look at this way, the Mets or the Yankees have a clearer or an easier path to get to that World Series. Well, I'm picking the Yankees because just look at the the biggest run differentials in baseball. The Yankees have the largest, and there isn't even an American League team in the top five in biggest run differentials. I mean, you're going to have to look at number six to find the Houston Astros. That's the first one. They have a run differential of plus 52. The Yankees is plus 144. And these figures, obviously, according to fan graphs, they have not been updated to include today's game. So that's going into today. Given that, the Yankees' run differential is almost three times that of the next AL contender, the Astros. So, you know, I know that's not everything, but that's that's a that's a really big story. It means that the Yankees score runs at three times the amount of, you know, clip that the, the Astros do while keeping the other team off the board at that same clip, in other words. And then you look at the, the team with the second best run differential in the league. That's the Los Angeles Dodgers, plus 116. Mets are third with a plus 70. That That's a big difference between two and three. So that's why they play the game, right? You know, the Mets were just in Los Angeles. What, what was it, 10 days ago? A little more than that. They took two of four from the Dodgers. And that final game was a win in 10 innings, by the way. And, oh, by the way, the Dodgers were at full strength then. And the Mets were missing and still are missing their top two pitchers, DeGrom Scherzer. And I was sitting right here in this studio when that Mets-Dodgers game was on. I told you. It was on the TV in here. And I said to you, with all the conviction that I have, that series was a preview of the National League Championship Series. And all things considered, the Mets did it. But if the question is which team has a clearer path to the World Series— I'm picking the, the dominant, asserting their will at every chance they get New York Yankees, of course, except for today. But, you know, hey, you're not going to, you know, win out the rest of the season. What do you think this is? Perspective, everybody. All right, in the order that you called, Dan in Massachusetts, you're up on the fan, Dan. Yeah, hi, uh, uh, Danielle. Uh, the first time I've called your show, but I've, I've listened in the past, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I call about, about Labor Tories. I'm a Yankee fan, but I've got to tell you, uh, I don't think he has much range at second base uh, at all. And I'll, I'll tell you, if they pass the... Um, if they if they choose to do away with a shift next year, it's going to be even worse. He's going to have a lot more ground that he has to cover. Well, Gleyber uh, Torres, he's top 10 in the league in defense and runs safe among well, all second basemen. Yeah, you, you know, the numbers may say that, but all I can tell you, Danielle, is what my eyes tell me. And, I, and I'll tell you another thing where I, I think he's efficient is uh, turning the double play. Well, when he relays it, uh, I don't know how many double plays they, they miss out on because he's not quick enough in, in relaying the ball a second. Uh, but that's, I mean, I know what you said before about what those stats say, but I just see a lot of base hits that he, 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 he just doesn't get to, and that's today. They're not, not counting uh, uh, if he ever has to play without a shift. Uh, by the way, let me say, let me say something. Uh, someone mentioned tonight that uh, uh, bad, the bad calls on Chapman uh, when Cruz was pitching, and he was, he was 100%. The first two pitches were strikes, but they were not going to be in the dugout yet because you need, you need uh, three outs. So there still would have been an 0-2 count. But what I was shocked about was when Boone brought in 
he, he had Cruz warming up, okay, in the fifth inning. So I thought, okay, uh, the score six to three. He's probably going to come in and start the sixth. The Yankees get two more runs. It's eight to three. And you know as well as I do how shaky Cruz is anyway. Castro, but, you mean? No, Castro. He, he, he Cruz. He, he brings in Cruz with two men on base. All right. Uh, oh, uh, I, 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 I couldn't believe it. Uh, you know, uh, at least give him a clean inning. So after three batters, you can get him out. <laughs> but uh, now he comes in with two men on, and he has to pitch the, the three batters. Dan, you're so, talking about Castro. Ca- oh, I'm sorry. I, I, is okay. That, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. Ca- Castro, yeah, yeah. right. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that's uh, – you know, when they have to uh, – on Monday, they have to cut some of the um, – uh, a shot in the pitching staff. Uh, so I don't know if, if Castro is going to be gone uh, yeah, Monday. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but he certainly will when the other guys come back and add it to the roster. Right. You know, when Weisiger and Germain and Chapman, of course. Right, and, but, and uh, possibly even Britton, who said he's going to be coming back this season, too. So we'll see about that. But who's that? Zach Britton. Yeah, who knows? That, that'll that be late September, maybe. Definitely. But, but you, know, you know something... Uh, those, those stats, uh, it, it may say what you say about Torres being wherever he's ranked, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I just see, I just see too many times where he doesn't get to the ball, uh, you know, when, when either to his left or his right. Mm-hmm. A good, a good, a good defensive second baseman. I mean, he, he helps with the hitting, of course. I just hope he doesn't hit too many more home runs because that's when he starts getting homer happy and uh, he's, he's not the same hitter. Uh, but uh, you're right about that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but uh, but I'll tell you, as good as the record is, I'm still going to I'm still going to be sweating when the postseason starts because uh, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you, you're going to be going up against the top three pitchers from each team, right? And and uh, you know, uh, there's too many. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I get concerned about. Uh, the clutch hitting when you when you need it, and then in the postseason, it's not. Well, I know there, <laughs> I know well, there was uh, 15 points in there. I, I get it, I know, uh, but I think at the at this point in time, the Yankees looking what Glaber Torres has done with his bat, I think they'd be okay with you know maybe he can't turn a double play as fast as. But I I haven't noticed that. I have not observed that with my own eyeballs. That's just, that's of course your opinion, sure. But I think right now at this point in time, the Yankees are are, are quite fine with that. I think uh, Glaber Torres is obviously obviously. Excelled as a second baseman uh, rather than a shortstop. You know, I, I was thinking about just quickly something just popped into my head. You know, all star game voting and all that, and and I really do think I think it was Buck Showalter that said it that that they should have a category for a utility man as an all star. You know, so like because I'm thinking about where does DJ LeMayu fit in on all this? Like, I don't know. I, I I just think there should be, and it won't be for this year, of course, but there should be a utility player. You know, when 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 in high school, they have utility players. At least when I was there, they they used to name utility players as you know first team all league and stuff like that. I I don't understand why it's not done uh, for an all star game ballots because I'm just wondering where where you know voting's open. So are DJ and Glaber going to split the votes at second and neither of them going to win it? I don't know. Ray in Waterbury, Connecticut, you're up next on a fan. Hi, Danielle. Good show as usual. Thanks, Ray. I appreciate that. about the Mets, there's a couple of weaknesses I think they got to address. I'm happy the way the season's going, and I think, you know, they held the Braves off on this last spurge that the Braves went on, you know. But 
uh, two spots. You can't use Lugo. Got to got to fix that bullpen. Yes, Lugo can't be used in critical spots anymore. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been the same pitcher in the last couple of years. Yeah, and that's the, and I we, yeah right. That that's the the the, the Mets week. That's what's going to hold this Mets team back. We talked about that briefly last week. It, it's this bullpen. It's it's just so wildly unreliable and inconsistent. Right, right, and also they need another power bat. Uh, Escobar is back to not hitting again. Yep. Either either at third base or at DH, they need a power bat. Yeah, and those two spots, I they're they're all right with starting pitching, providing Scherzer comes back and then eventually Degrom. Mm-hmm. But right now, the you're right, the bullpen's a, a big problem. You only there's only a couple of dependable arms there, and and I think they need another power bat. And I'm just wondering. I'm just trying to figure out right now in terms of. Power bat. What Dom Smith has been up to in in the minor leagues here? Let me see if I can find yeah. it real quick while I'm on the phone with you here. Uh, twenty twenty two, Triple A Syracuse. He's hitting two eighty three with two home runs. It's really not what you want to see from a guy mm-hmm. like Dom Smith. Mm-hmm. No, you need you need a, another guy. Uh, you need another guy that you can bat behind Pete. Yeah, and be and and, and scare you know. Pick your poison type of bat, you know. Yeah, that's right. And, and like, like the Yankees have with who are you gonna pitch to, Rizzo, right. Judge, or, or Stanton? Right. You know, what would be a good pick up there. The first, the first Bell from Pittsburgh. I mean, from uh, yeah, uh, from Pittsburgh. Josh Bell. Josh Bell. That'd be a good pickup, uh-huh. and he's gonna get dealt because he's a free agent next year. Uh, are we talking about Josh Bell with the Nationals? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't, he used to do a fit, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. From the, Just want to make from sure. the Nationals. Yeah, that'd be a good pickup. He's a switch hitter. Yeah, and he can DH and then spell Pete once in a while. And he doesn't strike out a lot either. No, That's and he good. hits three hundred when he's going good. Yeah, I like. You know what I like, Ray? I like What's that? Uh, Wilson Contreras. That's, Ooh, that's what I You know I what? That's that's a good one because, you know, catching's another weak spot. Yes. Because we get no offense out of those guys, yep. you know? Yep. Uh, I, I, if, if the Mets were going to make two like two moves at the deadline, and I know it's like a, a month in advance here, Ray, but if the Mets were to make two moves, I would want the Mets to address the bullpen, and I would probably put Wilson Contreras, uh, bullpen 1A, Wilson Contreras 1B. That's... That that's that's the guy you need on this team. That's the guy you need with that pedigree, with that bat in that lineup. Definitely, that's the one. All right, Connor's giving me the break signal here, <laughs> so we're gonna take a quick, quick, quick break. Let's see, uh, seven forty. All right, let's keep it rolling with the baseball talk here. Uh, maybe what moves? I don't want to maybe name names, but what moves maybe would you think or suggest that that your team, whether it be the Yankees or the Mets, make at the trade deadline. And who has the easier path to the World Series? For me, it's the Yankees. I want to hear from you at 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till 10 p.m. when Lori Rubinson takes over. Welcome back to Danielle at Dinnertime here on The Fan in New York City. With some glory days by Bruce Springsteen. Hey, Connor. Did you see Bruce Springsteen came out with uh, Paul McCartney at the stadium the other night? I heard about that. Yeah, yeah that's pretty crazy. Yeah, my parents wanted to go to that, but uh, they ended up not going to that. And Bon Jovi came out, too. That's like a typical Jersey party over there at MetLife Stadium. It's a star-studded cast. Yeah. You know, I was driving on the turnpike, and I saw 
there was a billboard. I was like, what, what night was I driving home? Oh, from the movie on Thursday night, or Friday night. And there was a billboard that said, happy birthday, Sir Paul McCartney or something on the on the turnpike, which I thought was pretty cool, right outside the stadium. Yeah, that is really cool. It's better than the Fire John Intic ones that used to be there. Yeah. When they were organizing the protest to get him out of get him out of town. Yeah. yeah. With the flyovers with the <laughs> yeah, with the big blimp. Yeah. You know, I was at the I was at MetLife Stadium. The Jets were playing the Steelers. And my cousin's wife, she's a big Steeler fan that from Pittsburgh. So we went to that game. And there was a, a plane flying with the banner behind it. That <laughs> when we were in the parking lot, we looked up, it said rebuilding since nineteen sixty nine. <laughs> the unfortunate truth is that it's rebuilding, rebuilding, and it's never fully built, right. unfortunately. Uh, maybe this year. Hey, we'll talk some Jets tonight if you'd like to, everybody. Sure, we can do that. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I actually put up a poll on Twitter, which is my favorite thing to do. Also, I don't like making them really long either, so I put up a, <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> I thought it was 15 minutes, and I put 15 hours. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So sometime tomorrow while I'm at school, the little notification is going to come through. But hey, well, over the next now 14 hours, you can get your your votes in. I put up what is the, oh, with the best two. I can't even read this. I'm so disappointed in myself. And I can't even clear because there's 50 votes already. With, with the two best records in baseball, which New York team has an quote unquote easier path to the World Series, the Yankees or the Mets? You want to get your vote in at Coach MCCARTAN on Twitter. Um, you can follow me on Instagram too. Same Coach McCartan, but there's no poll there. You won't find it there. Or Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Uh, right now, let me hit refresh because I want to give you the most up-to-date information as possible. Right now, 73.1% of the voters say that the Yankees have the quote-unquote easier path to the World Series. I definitely agree. I just said that. Uh, there are 52 votes and uh, at Jets Mets, he said the Yankees, because no team in the AL is like the Dodgers. That's exactly what I said. So what do you think? Let's go Richard in Manhattan. You are up next here on The Fan. Danielle, before I get to my med point, do you know in 1973, Yogi Berra and his three sons did the first underwear commercial? It was for jockey underwear. And what they wanted to do was introduce a new line of underwear, colored underwear. Hmm. And to go without, you know, with, with, so Yogi's on the sideline, and his three boys, Larry, Tim, and Dale, hmm. have the under, you know, first he says, I believe in short hair. And the boys say, no, we believe in long hair. And Yogi says, I believe in tradition. And the boys say, I believe in change. Yogi says, I believe in white underwear. And the boys say, no, we believe in all colors underwear. And it was very cute. And Yogi wasn't in his underwear, but the three boys were. So he was ahead of his time. Definitely. Yogi Berra. In, I mean, in many ways. market man. And yeah. market, uh, he knew every. And then, of course, well, he did you who in the 50s mm-hmm. before any player or any sports athlete that lent their name to a product. I mean, I grew up in the 60s, and I, all I remember was Yogi and you who. All right. Danielle, as far as the I Met love game, me some you who, Richard. What's that? I yeah. love me some Yoohoo. I only oh, out of no, the bottle. Yeah. Forget the Do can. Do they still make it? I don't see it as much anymore. I've seen it. There's a bagel store by me that has it Do they in have the diet bottle. Yoo-hoo? I've never seen diet Yoohoo. Did they ever diet no, Yoohoo? No, I don't think so. Wow. Well, you if you're drinking drink diet Yoohoo, I mean, come on. I know. <laughs> uh, you, could, you could substitute. All right. Met game today. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yeah. All right. Bassett pitches six and a third. Mm-hmm. He's got 109 pitches. He's out of it. The last guy gets on. Base is loaded. Okay. One out, top of the seventh. Mets are up one nothing. 
Buck has to make a move. He has to take the kid out. Yeah. Now, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Diaz pitched 23 pitches yesterday. He didn't pitch well. He got a lucky strike on that guy, Chisholm, or else he would have blown the save. He gave, as it was, he gave up two hits in a run, but he did get the save. He did strike out or the side. He scored 23 pitches. Now, last week, if you remember, I think it was a week ago. It might have been two weeks ago. Buck used uh, Diaz in the eighth, didn't use him in the ninth because he said, I want to use him for the next day. Oh, this was a Sunday night game against the Dodgers two weeks ago. He says, I want to use him for Monday, so I didn't want to use, burn him on uh, a second inning in the ninth inning against the Dodgers. Okay. Turns out he didn't use him at all that whole week until Friday. So he could have used Diaz for the ninth inning. Anyway, okay. I would love to have asked Buck, would you have used Diaz this today if the score was still one nothing and it went into the ninth? Mm. Because I think, Danielle, he should have used Diaz in the seventh inning there, just for the two outs. Now, let's say he came in and gave up a hit. Game tied, or they were down 2-1, to one, bases loaded, so maybe two runs would have scored. Then I would have given him the option of taking out Diaz and you know, bringing in Lugo. But don't you want to bring your closer in at that, or your best pitcher at that point? One out in the, the game was hanging by the balance there. And the kid that hit the grand slam hadn't had a hit ever. Yeah. This was his first, first hit. Ever, yeah. So Lugo was not the right guy to bring in there. Now, I'm not saying if, if Diaz only pitched the seventh, he would have had to have gone with either Lugo in the eighth or the ninth. Could have happened. Something could have blown up. But I would have loved to ask Buck, would you have used Diaz in the ninth if it was still one nothing? I think it's I, a gr- I think it's a great question because he had done it. He, as you beautifully eloquently said, he had done it before. And I'm just trying to look as you're talking. It doesn't seem like anybody did ask him that. Nah, they're afraid. They're afraid. But I thought it was. I thought. I didn't like the fact that he didn't go with his best at that point. You know, in my opinion, you all, I, then I'll be quick now with this. Years ago, Yankees were playing Texas in a playoff game. These, did it, these were two straight years, I think, Texas, Ron Washington beat the Yankees. I don't think I think it was game four or game three, one of the crucial playoff games. The Yankees were getting killed, and they were losing 4-1, 4-0, third, fourth inning. I'll never forget, second and third, two out, or whatever it was, one, I, one out. And the game was about to get blown open, and it was. Texas just blew out the Yankees. I just remember calling up the radio station, one of the radio stations, and saying, why didn't Torrey bring in uh, Mariano with that? Oh, no, you can't bring the closer in the third inning. But, you know, he wasn't going to be used because the game was blown out, so it didn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. Bring the, the best pitcher you can at that moment. That's how I was thinking. The, now, if Buck would have said, I used him for 23 pitches, Yesterday, I wouldn't right. have brought him in. I, then I understand that's that. Pr- but. That's probably – when you said that and when you said the number 23, that was kind of where my mind went. I don't know if he wanted to do it. Um, let me see the Mets schedule here. Mets uh, – I don't know if he would want him to pitch You know, 23 the other day and then back-to-back. And That's probably the explanation he probably would have given, given the fact that the Mets now have games You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They have an off day on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. That's probably the explanation that that would have been given if if I had to make a guess. John in Staten Island, you're up next on the fan. Hey, how are you? Good, John. How are you? Good, good. So you you were talking about uh you know the Subway Series. Yeah. Um, when the Mets lost in 2000, it was just brutal. Watch watching the Yankees celebrate and have a parade, and your team lost. It was like, oh my god, it was the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. You know, it was tough to go through. Well, I, I guess but, you you would vote no in my poll that you would not want to even see it happen for fear that the Mets are going to lose. Come on, John. If I were going to win, I'd be fine with it. But I, I'm a sore loser, and uh, you know, <laughs> I, 
I got a big mouth, so the Yankee fans really give it to me. You know, I like wow. to. No, even on a fan thing, I keep saying, oh, Judge, he's going to look so good in blue and orange. I like the bus. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, John, let me tell you something. I've said it before, too. If Judge is not a Yankee next year, he's going to be a Met. I have said that, yes. And I'm not trying to be provocative in any way. It's just that I think Steve Cohen is the guy that would go out there and be like, okay, you know what? Here's my big signature move. I'm stealing you away from the Bronx. Wow, that would be, uh, you know, they would hate me. <laughs> um, well, you know what, John? If you give it out, you got to take it back. That's that's the rule. Oh yeah, no, believe me. I, I, come on, that's a, I haven't once since '86. I've been <laughs> taking it for a long time. But uh, you know what? Also, you were talking about uh, you know the Mets with a DH, but they have two guys really ripping it in uh, the minor leagues. I know Alvarez yeah. and uh, that kid yeah. Santos. They've been tearing it up. So uh, you know, I don't know if they because Plummer looks like he's might be sent down soon. He started so, hot, uh, and he's been, what, 0 for, what, 18 or something over his last couple at-bats? game where he hit the homer against the Phillies, and I was crying. I'm like, why is this guy up, and all of a sudden he hit a bomb? I'm like, oops, I guess that's why he's up. I guess that's why I'm a fan <laughs> and not a manager. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I mean, the Mets but, have a lot of jockeying to do, and, and John, thanks for the call there. It's just, you know, they need a power bat. Where is it going to come from? Are they going to go the more experienced route? That's kind of where I would go uh, right now. Maybe you get a guy like a Contreras on on a you know uh, Wilson Contreras. What does he have? Uh, only one uh, year left on his deal, I believe. Let's just check that out before we hit break here. Just want to make sure we got that. Yeah, Wilson Contreras. He's only got one year left on his deal. This is this is it for him. So maybe you get Wilson Contreras. You use him for the rest of the year, and then you call up Alvarez if he's ready. I mean, the, the Mets do have options. There are things that that they they can do. And for me, I, I don't know if I'm bringing up minor leaguers right now at this time to make a big push. This Mets team is, is again, World Series or bust, just like the Yankees are. They're built to win now. Let's not try to break in any guys to, to you know, save the team. Although Wilson Contreras, he'd be a perfect fit for the Mets. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm Daniel McCartan. I'm with you till 10 p.m. here on The Fan. Lori Rubinson will come your way. Give us a call, 877-337-6666. Connor Green is answering the calls, and I'm taking them. And uh, we make a, a, a dream team, a beautiful pairing here tonight, and he's laughing behind them. Welcome back to, I guess, Danielle at dinner time here. Now here on The Fan or McCartan before midnight, whatever you want to call it. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till 10 p.m. for another two hours. A quick note here. I just wanted to tell you at the top of this 8 o'clock hour, Syosset native. It's a, it's a it's a local thing. Syosset native, Christ the King graduate, Sue Bird announced that this will be her final season playing in the WNBA. And she posted on Twitter, "I've decided this will be my final year. I have loved every single minute, and still do. So, going to play my last year just like this little girl played her first. And there were two pictures of her, a current one, and then one when she was playing basketball as a kid. So. You know, everyone thought that that follows the WNBA that last season was going to be it for her, but Diana Taurasi led a chorus of fans to chant one more year, one more year at the end of last season, and I guess it worked. So um, I know they played today. I think the game was in in Brooklyn, I think. Uh, but if you do get a chance to check out this first ballot Hall of Famer, either in person or on TV, please do so. I mean, who is more decorated than her? I mean, first overall pick in, in 2002, played her entire WNBA career with the team that drafted her, which was the Seattle Storm, a four-time champion, 12-time All-Star, WNBA all-time assists leader, 
five-time, five-time Olympic gold medalist. Think about that. They happen every four years, right? So a five-time Olympic gold medalist. I mean, there really isn't anything that Sue Bird has not done. You know, everyone mentions Tom Brady is in the greatest of all time category, and we're talking across all sports now. So make sure that you include 41-year-old Sue Bird's name in that in that conversation too. Greatest of all time. Most decorated athletes of all time, of course. All right. Hey, Quick little introductions because we got full phone lines, 877-337-6666. They are still full, and I will take in the order that you all called. Teddy in Yonkers, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How you doing, darling? What's up, Uh, Teddy? Danielle, let me ask you, or let me just make the statement to all the Yankee fans out there. You being a teacher, me being a math teacher for 40 years, Mm -hmm. you can't get 100 on every test. (laughs) You can't go through a school year without maybe being absent for a day. And the Yankees are going to have days like this. They won some games that perhaps that they shouldn't have won, and they lost some games, i.e. today, a game that they shouldn't have lost. But those things happen throughout mm-hmm. a season, and it happens to most teams in most sports. And the Yankees, I'm not concerned at all, and I want all the Yankee fans not to go nuts, and I, th- I believe that most of them are not going nuts. And they just had a- an off day from the bullpen. And uh, I just wanted to say that. And then, Danielle, I'd like to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Who are you more sure of for the playoffs? They're both going to get in- into the playoffs, mm-hmm. but how will they do, the Yankees or the Mets? Uh, you mean once they get in, who... who, who? Yeah, well, I know maybe what? that's an unfair question, Danielle, but I guess the gist of what I'm trying to say is who you're more confident in based upon how they're playing this year and the talent pool that they have on their team. I know that's a tricky question there, Teddy, because you look at the Yankees in that lineup, right, and that bullpen. I mean, A-plus. I mean, we're both teachers, right? It's A-plus for, for right. both of them. Then right. you look at the Mets, and you know they, they hit the ball situationally. They have... Once the two starting pitchers come back, that's going to be the A-plus for them. Yet, the, they both have the weaknesses. There's questions that the Yankees can't hit with runners in scoring position in, in clutch spots. And then there's, obviously, as you saw today in the Met game, a bullpen implosion. So, uh, if you're, you know, feet to the fire here, I would say which team has an easier, I would say the Yankees. Only because pitching really uh, excels in the postseason. And the Mets don't seem to have the bullpen just yet. Uh, basketball question. Yeah. Your comments or reaction to the Golden State, they were the better team. Yeah. I'm afraid, I hate to say this, but being a teacher and being honest with myself, as I told my students, you got to admit when you're wrong. Hmm. And uh, I don't want to get into politics about uh, what that means, but what do you, I think Golden State is going to be a favorite to win. They'll, I, I believe they'll win the West next year. Whether they will be strong enough to win the NBA championship again, that remains to be seen. Yeah. But right now, I would say that they're gonna. They have a very good chance of winning it again next year. Your comments, I don't hang up there. Yeah, Teddy, and thanks for the call there. I mean, no one picked the Golden State Warriors to win this season. So, I mean, prime time players. I say it all the time across any sport. Prime time players get it and make primetime plays when needed. And Steph Curry was that guy. I mean, for, the, the turning point of the series was when he dropped 43 points, and that's when you knew. That's when it was over. And so, can they, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you always want to keep the, the defending champs at, at, at the top. I'm trying to think who could who could challenge them for it. I mean, of course, the Nets are, are always a perennial 
one of those teams, right, that the, the Celtics will be right back in it. I don't know. I mean, I guess your guess is as good as mine, but I would have to say maybe the odds are out already. I didn't even see them. They'd have to be probably top five odds to to, to repeat. Uh, okay, let's go to the Bronx. And, and Douglas, you're up on the fan. Good evening, Danielle. What's up, Douglas? I'm doing well, and happy Father's Day to your dad. <laughs> Thanks. I hope he's listening. <laughs> um, so uh, it's late June. How are your students handling things? Are they antsy for the summer? We're all antsy for the summer. We've got one more week, five more days. Oh, it's just, uh, you know, hey, I'm still doing work. Maybe I'm the bad teacher that everybody hates, but I'm still doing work with them. Yeah, uh, you know, back in my high school days, I was always conflicted around this time of year because uh, the weather is great, Mm -hmm. but I had to study for something called the Regents exam. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of those listening out there uh, who went to the New York City uh, public school system know what I'm talking about. They are standardized tests uh, based on different subjects every year. So flashback, June 17, 1994. It's a famous date in New York City because that was the day the New York Rangers celebrated uh, on the Canyon of Heroes, mm-hmm. their, their Stanley Cup celebration. My father went, but I could not because I took the Spanish Regents exam. <laughs> I... Uh, I did well in it. I still can't. I'm still not fluent in Spanish, but uh, I did well nonetheless. But as you said, you are looking forward to the summer and the good luck on your trip to Las Vegas. And Thanks, give my regards to the reigning champion of Big Brother out there. I will. I, I hope I get some more hours here over the summer too. Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, one note: you said yesterday on your Twitter that your frustration of sports on broadcast television. The limitations there are yeah. on the two major networks were infomercial. Yeah. You were looking for the WNBA game. I was literally um, looking for something other than like golf or like, you know, speed knitting or something like that. And and a, a nice WNBA game at what time is it? One o'clock yesterday? Would have been nice to eat my lunch to. That's all I'm saying, man. That's it. Yeah, and this is just the result of all these companies they want to buy these sports rights so they could plop them on streaming or cable because mm-hmm. they think they'll make revenue in that in that case. But that's not always the case. I mean, if you're on a, a main channel, you're going to get the most eyeballs. But uh, maybe they're thinking long term. I don't know. Frustrating them. Uh, TV cannot wait for football come September. That's that's all there is to it. Yeah. Um, soon, yeah. Douglas, we're going to see football every night of the week on TV. Uh, yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. That's the next. Uh, yes, that's that, that's the next uh, hurdle that they'll. Uh, I, I I see it, and we've seen Tuesday football at times as well. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So, on to uh, the Yankees. One of the most talked about athletes on your show, Aaron Hicks. I like to mention him. Mm-hmm. Um, I never realized that there is a fan base called the Hicks High. Are you aware of this? No, I did not know this. Yeah. Uh, so during the game, I you know I follow Keith McPherson on Twitter, and uh, you know he got that base hit in the ninth uh, with the you know two out in the ninth, and yeah, surprisingly, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, and I commented back, well, I did not know about the Hicks Hive. They must have long been in hibernation for all this time because <laughs> they came alive supposedly. But you may mention last week uh, there was that scenario where the Yankees were in extra innings. And um, there was a situation with runners on base, and you had set a poll where did he miss the sign from the coaches yes. or did he ignore the sign? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I mean, so it made me think of this movie 
A League of Their Own. Have you seen it? Uh, when I was a kid, a long, long time ago. So, yeah, this summer is the 30-year anniversary of it. And my goodness, time goes fast. I saw that in the theater, too. So, yes, uh, I'm getting older, Daniel. But anyway, so I uh, there was a scene where there were runners on base, and Gina Davis, she's giving a sign uh, to Bunt. And Tom Hanks, uh, he's the manager of the team, he got angry and said, what are you, stupid? You're giving our best hitter the sign to bunt we could have a beginning here and so there's that and then a couple of seconds later they have that famous scene where gina davis and tom hanks are giving conflicting signs so the hitter follows what tom hanks says and sure enough she gets you know, she gets a big base hit and they score multiple runs i believe going to the hicks situation he ignored the sign because in his mind he's not a bunter he's He's the better hitter. I think he ignored so, it too. Yep. Yep. So, and that was, um, I know it was a close vote with your poll there, but I, he don't, he doesn't envision himself as a bunter. So that's yep. why he was all up in hitting. He didn't care about, he didn't care about advancing the runners, even though that was the more advantageous play. And I, Douglas, and, and he steps up to the, to the plate at the, at, with the game on the line with two outs and you're like, uh, oh, game over. And today he hits a base hit. Woohoo! Maybe that's just the signs of things to come for Aaron Hicks. Yankee fans can only hope that he that that black hole that has been his spot in the lineup uh, can can vastly improve. Ferris in West Orange, you are up next on the fan. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So with the Yanks, right? It's tough to find a lot of big holes on the roster, but yeah. there's probably two that I think they have to make. Um, one would probably be adding a starter. It doesn't have to be front line, um, just because they're going to need to keep the innings under control. Yes. For Severino. I wonder, for though, if, if Herman would be that guy that slides in and takes some of those innings. You would oh, think. yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, as an in-house guy. Mm-hmm. And then the other move that I think is they need to add an outfielder. And I don't think it's necessarily because you need to upgrade Hicks or Gallo. It's really because you got to get Judge out of center field. Yes. Because that's going to wear him down yes. come October. Like, he's way too big to be running around out there. I say it um, every weekend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think Ian Happ on the Cubs makes some sense. He's played some center field in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, high on base guy. You don't need a superstar bat, but he's been really good this year. But, yeah, that's a move they have to make because that's making me nervous watching me too. them run down those five balls. Oh, yeah. There was one like two weeks ago where there was like a 40% chance catch percentage on it, and he dove and laid out. And I'm like, isn't that how he cracked his ribs how many years ago? Uh-oh. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. And, like banging his knees on the turf. Yeah, so that's making me real nervous. So you got to, if nothing else, you just got to worry about keeping him healthy. And I think the best thing to do is add another outfielder and get him back in his corner yep. um, where he needs to be. But thank sure. you. Appreciate the call. Yeah, Ferris, thanks for making it. I appreciate that. It's not a bad idea. It's it's really not a bad idea. And as 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 long as this microphone is in front of my face, I I don't like seeing just like you, Ferris, I don't like seeing Aaron Judge in center field for just simply the wear and tear on a six foot seven frame. Let's go, Charlie in Danbury, Connecticut. You're up next on the fan. Oh, uh, hi, Danielle. How you doing? Good. How are you, Charlie? Very good, very good. So, uh, uh, you, your birth, your ninth birthday was on the day that David Wells pitched a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't know if you if you remember that or not. I was but, in fifth uh, grade, and and this girl Heather in my class was at the game, and she came back, 
the next day. I think, it, I don't know what day of the week it was, but she came back the next day or whatever, the next school day, and she had a baseball for me as a birthday present. And she wasn't even like a really good friend of mine. She had a baseball signed by David Cohn for me from that game, although it wasn't David Wells. But I, I remember it, yes. Well, that, uh, it was a Sunday, and it was Beanie Baby Day. Yes, yeah. yes. I was a Yankee season ticket holder at the time, uh, and it was the first time I didn't go uh, oh. to the stadium on oh. my birthday. I gave the tickets to... to uh, a family that had more kids than that I only had one at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that they could get the Beanie Babies and that. Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah, the uh, Beanie Babies, I mean, that, but we used to go crazy over them. That, uh, well, I, that's way before, or way after my time. I know, uh, I know. Uh, and that, and way before my kids' time. But anyway, uh, uh, I do think the Yankees have uh, uh, an easier path uh, uh, to the World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, but the, the, anything can happen in the playoffs. Uh, and one thing I'll say, though, is being on hold uh, to get on the show, uh, uh, this is like the third time I've called you now, and, and uh, uh, there is something comes up uh, while I'm listening uh, with the phone in my ear, and that's so all close with uh, uh, a salute to Sue Bird and, and her graduating class at UConn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had asked uh, Pat Summit about, uh, will she be glad to see the, the four seniors go? Uh, uh, and she said, let me put it to you this way. Uh, uh, if they need someone to drive those four to the airport, I'm available. Hmm. And, really? Uh, that, that, yes, yes. That uh, Sue Bird, Tarasi, uh, I forget the four, to be honest with you, but uh, uh, I'm up here in Danbury, Connecticut. Connecticut's the college basketball capital of the world, right? <laughs> We've got more more national championships uh, uh, than any other state over mm. the last 30 years. Uh, anyway, so on that note, uh, uh, have a good night, and I look forward to you uh, to more of your shows. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I will, one last shot, if sure. you can't watch golf, I don't know what you're doing on the radio because uh, it's a wonderful game. Oh, everybody's Bye-bye. trying to get me into it. Thanks, Charlie. And Madeline Burke asked me to go golfing with her. I'm I'm all nervous. I never did it before. I can't play mini golf. I suck at it. I, I do like top golf, though. Uh, listen, I, I only have a certain amount of time uh, in, in my weeks now with, with working a full-time job and coaching and all that. So uh, if I would ever do this full-time, I, I would definitely have some time to devote to golf, as I was telling Paul Rosenberg before. He's a big golf fan. Uh, before the show started. Uh, pro- by the way, Diana Tarazi, Sue Bird, probably Swin Cash you were talking about. Um, those are all uh, Jessica Moore, like A-list uh, women's basketball players from UConn in that same graduating class. All right, Connor just came into my ear. He said, uh, hey, you have a very special guest on the on hold. <laughs> it's my dad. Got a quick little talk with my dad on Father's Day just because I couldn't be with him uh, today. I hope you'll find it enjoying. Uh, you know, a little fun, a little fun with my dad here on The Fan. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till 10 p.m. here on The Fan. Welcome back to McCartan Before Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. I am Daniel McCartan with you till 10 p.m. Another 90 minutes. Time flies when you're having fun. On the line, on this father, in, in, the, in the vein of Father's Day, Father's Day, 2022. Of course, I couldn't be home to celebrate with with my father today. So on, on the hotline here, first time he's ever gotten 
the hotline number ever is uh is my dad. Hey dad. Hey Danielle, how are you? I'm good. Happy Father's Day. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Uh, all right. Uh, first question is, uh, how long have you been listening to the fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? It's, it's probably 15 years, 20 years maybe. I think more than that. Yeah, 20, uh, I, 25 years maybe. Mike and the Mad Dog was my first, uh, when they first came. I don't know how long they've been on, but they right, were on. So, uh, who, who would you say your favorite host is on the fan? When? Back then? Just in general. Favorite host? I would have to say Francesca. <laughs> okay, because I'm here too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I thought you wanted to know uh, <laughs> besides you. Oh, yeah. Okay, so besides <laughs> me, who was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah, I thought that was the question. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you're the best. I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. Y- yeah. <laughs> You do, you do uh, a good show every night, every yeah. every time you're on. All right, thanks. I was telling Connor on the break how much you love Mike Francesa and would wait on hold for hours to talk to him for 15 seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would uh, give me the honor of speaking to him for 15 seconds before <laughs> before fighting with me. <laughs> yeah, well, we were looking at your stats. I'll tell you off the air how many times you called and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all okay. Right. Favorite football player of all time, who is it? Lawrence Taylor. Why? Because he turned the whole team around. From before him, there was nothing. After, you know, while he was here, he, he made the whole team better. Oh, him I, and, and Coach Parcells, too, of course. I thought you were going to talk about the, the house construction. No, nah, why? Uh, I, that that was a, a little side job. My buddy had a construction company, and, uh, and um, he did uh, work on Lawrence Taylor's house in Upper Saddle River. And so we, we got to know each other pretty good and um, at the time. But that was a long time ago. All right. Favorite baseball player of all time? Baseball would be – I had a hard time thinking about this one. I don't know. I guess it would be – I guess Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver back in the day, you know, when he won the championship and everything. Hmm. All right. Would you yeah. like to see a 2022 Subway Series, World Series? Of course. Yeah, yeah that would be fun. There's a lot of people saying on the on the radio here that they don't want to see it. I don't know why. Well, I don't know. I don't get that part. I mean, uh, it's good for the city, and and uh, it, it's uh, it's almost like a part having a party every night for the Subway Series. <laughs> yeah. You know who would win? Oh, the Mets, of course. <laughs> Mets would. Uh, if, if they have all their three starters in a row working, you know, hundred percent, mm. I don't, I don't, I don't see uh, any other outcome besides the Mets. Mm. All right, go put yeah. some money on that one. Go take that one yeah. to the bank. <laughs> all right, your best sports moment as a player. You always used to tell me and TJ that uh, that they used to be recruiting you for the football team. You never played though. No, no, I never played. Had to had to get a job. Had to work. Mm. So uh, yeah, I know I don't have a favorite sports uh, moment. Actually, I had to work all, all, all the time. All right. Well, after, you're... After, no, after school sports or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So your best sports memory of grandpa then? Uh, grandpa. Oh boy, my dad. 
he was, I think he was a Mets fan back in the day because he used to watch the Mets game back in 69. He used to watch uh, the Mets with me on TV on a little black and white TV. <laughs> and uh, he would uh, always say, that they're never going to win. They're never going to win. <laughs> but they ended up winning. So, uh, yeah, he used to. He used to watch them with me, and then the second time was with uh, when they beat the Dodgers in L.A. or Los Angeles at the time. I forget, 86. It was 86, yeah. And uh, we they retired to Florida, and uh, that happened to be on in September, I guess it was, or October, and uh, the playoffs, and they beat the Dodgers. It was, I can't remember if they beat them or not, but. We sat there and watched him. He was rooting for the Dodgers, of course. I don't know why. <laughs> That's weird. But, yeah, that was kind of weird. But and maybe he was a, a Dodger fan down down under, you know, uh, deep down. Maybe. All right, so yeah, yeah. the best part of watching me play in all my years and all my sports was what? Um, well, I guess your softball career was the best, you know, as far as the other sports, basketball and volleyball. But – uh Softball, your freshman year in softball, and I think you hit a game-winning home run or something at the time, or or a big hit in the game, which caused a win for the varsity team. And, uh, was that New Milford? That was a. It was like a double. Yeah, or was, something. it was like a New Milford. It was yeah. close. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, I remember that game pretty good. I was thinking about uh, the the first and only time you ever got thrown out. I was thinking about that. I did. <laughs> yeah. We were, in, we were in Cliffside Park, and uh, I don't remember. I tagged the runner oh, running to second base, yeah, and I definitely tagged her, and the umpire didn't see it, and you asked him what yeah, game he was watching, and he threw you out. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's pretty tame compared to today. today's uh, right? I know. Out- outrage. I know. I you felt know? it myself. I know. <laughs> yeah, um, that was pretty funny. Going back to, to T-ball, I, I would like to know the answer to this. Uh, I asked that? if you could put my name on the back of my jersey in T-ball, and you never did. Why not? Because they, they wasn't allowed. They never they, Nobody put their name on Michael the Rogan had his name on his jersey. Well, he was the coach's son, I guess, or something. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. They wasn't allowed, I don't think. All right. Plus, because they had a, you had to hand the uniforms in at the end of the year. To, to uh for the next year's team. Mm, all right. <laughs> so it wouldn't look good with their name on it. <laughs> Yours, you know. All right. F- final two here. Uh best memory of going to either a baseball or, or a football game with me was Best memory. Um oh you remember when uh we were watching the game at home, uh, it's preseason game, Giants oh my Jets. God, you're not gonna tell yeah, this story. And then, like half time and like half time we said, oh well, let me take a ride to the Meadowlands. It was free parking back in the day, <laughs> so we we took a quick ride. We got, I think we got there at the start of the second half. Yeah, and uh, we walked right in. No ticket, no nothing. There was no all the ushers had left the game. We're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, no. Was, this is before before two thousand. I think it was uh, before the high security took effect. These days, why? So that was your favorite thing? Not me getting yeah. the on-field passes for the Giants, none of that? Um, no, I'm, I'm getting used to that, kind of. Oh, so, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're oh, you said the first. Oh, you said the first memory. No, best. Oh, the best? I thought you said first. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right, last question. When are we rescheduling our Pittsburgh-Cleveland trip? Oh, yeah, I know. Sometime in August, I guess. we got to figure that out. 
That yeah, was... we got to figure figure out the all transportation thing. I know. Well, gas is like seven dollars a gallon, so maybe we might be cheaper to fly there. <laughs> Tickets to game and all that, and yep. I don't know. Uber rates are going to be high too. Yeah, sure they will be. Well, maybe yeah, not this year then. Maybe next year. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Anything else you want to say to the to the audience uh, here, Dad? No, just continue listening, and uh, and um, I don't know. Just uh, have a good show tonight, and like every other night that you're on, and we'll be listening. All right. All right. All right. Yep. All right. Well, that I'm was sorry, kind of fun. I, I'm sorry I couldn't be more exciting, but that's uh, that's <laughs> what happens when you get my age. Oh, okay. Well, this is the <laughs> longest you've ever been on the fan, so it's good that you know somebody. Yeah, right. <laughs> Connor, it's Connor's list looking. How long was this call? Yeah, it yeah. It is so. 16 minutes. Wow, look at that. 16 minutes? Wow. Where's Francesca when you need him? Yeah, 16 <laughs> seconds with him. All right. Yeah, right. Talk to you later. All right. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Well, I know that was. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, that was. Uh, that was uh, my dad. I told him it'd only be ten minutes. It ended up being sixteen. Oops. Oh well. Hope you guys liked it. All right. We'll go back to the calls here on the, on this Father's Day of twenty twenty two. That's why. That's why I did it. Wasn't there today. That's why I had to have him on. So next year, maybe we we'll get him in the studio. We'll see what happens. I just. I don't know. I don't know what he can contribute. I have sixteen minutes to drive all the way from there. Sixteen minutes. Sixteen dollar toll. You know, the whole thing. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now he's getting he's getting used to this this A-list treatment. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Excuse me. All right. Let's go uh, in the order that you called. Uh, let's go to Mike. Oh, let's go back in Burton County. Mike in River Edge. You're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you? Hey, that was pretty cool. Your dad listened to you after all these years of uh, growing up and listening to the fan. That's, that's awesome. And now it's me. My dad's yeah. actually... Yeah, my dad's actually listening right now, and I just want to wish him a very happy Father's Day. He's a big, 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 big reason, probably the reason why I am a Mets fan. So, All right, Mike, uh, what's his first name? <laughs> my dad's first name's Rocco, and he's from the Bronx. Oh, Rocco from the Bronx. Now you're in River Edge. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to quickly touch on two things. Yeah. Number one. The Yankee Met debate, come on, about who's got the easiest path to the World Series. Got to be the Yankees, the right, Mike? If the AL is, for lack of a better term, terrible yeah. in comparison to the teams that I could see it right now as a diehard Mets fan. The Braves somehow sneak in, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Brewers could actually win, I think, the World Series. They're, they're a quiet team that's that's got some pop. I mean, I don't. I feel like the Yankees, anybody they play outside of who? Maybe Tampa, Houston. Eh, you look at them, and it's like, yeah, they don't have enough. So I just think the Yankees there uh, far and away. And I wanted to give one name because I think, yes, the Mets need bullpen help. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts of, uh, you know, I know he doesn't have a lot of home runs this year, but J.D. Martinez is hitting over 300. You put him in a lineup with Alonzo, and is it? I think he's on his last year of his deal. It is his last Somebody year. like that that's got, like, Experience. He plays. You know, he's he's played deep into the playoffs in the World Series, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's a piece, a veteran piece that they can bring in, maybe pull away from Boston to say, hey, like this is another another bat. I like it. I think he'd be a good fit. Yeah, I, I do like it. It's a great idea, right? Yeah. I mean, I and I could see him fitting in with New York. I mean, you know, I mean, he, he played he in Boston the either. Yeah. yeah, Boston's not going anywhere. So. You know, there's that, and then I just hope, 
you know, what's the deal with Jacob DeGrom? Is he coming back in the next month or two? Is Scherzer coming back before him? Uh, uh, if you're asking me, I would say probably Scherzer's first. Uh, DeGrom probably, my guess, originally, and I'm still sticking to it, it's going to be probably right after the All-Star game is where I'm where I'm expecting him back. But I think Scherzer's going to be first, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, the Mets need to get healthy and stay healthy. My worry is, and I don't want to say they're opening up a can of worms, yeah. but, you know, they're one big bat from being in trouble on the I.L. if somebody goes down yeah. right well, now with, with the Grom and Scherzer out. So, yeah. you know, knock on wood, and, uh, you know, we'll see. And, and they knew, they do need Lindor to hit, you know, continue hitting some home runs. Maybe we should bring his mom to City Field more often. Yeah, every day. If, uh, every day. <laughs> bring him in. Uh, it would be nice if he could swipe a couple bags, too, just show more off of that speed. Yeah. Yeah, so, I agree with you, Mike. And, awesome. and I do like the suggestion of, of J.D. Martinez. Uh, I think he also would be a good fit for the Mets, a guy with you know some winning pedigree and and a guy who definitely has experience in a big market and, and producing in, in a big market, for sure. Uh, J.D. Martinez, yeah, add him to the list. Wilson Contreras, J.D. Martinez. And that is, of course, if the Mets do not go uh, by way of the bullpen. Uh, Connor, should we do one more or go to break? What do you think? Uh, you can do one more. One more it is. All right, Grace, it's your lucky day. Grace in Brooklyn, you're up on the fan. Hi. Um, I'm, I love the moment with you and your dad. That was so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Although he missed the ball a little bit. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, when you ask him who was his favorite person on the fan, you should, you, you should um, come out and say oh. you first. Yeah, I tried to trap him on that one. He <laughs> fell for it. Definitely. <laughs> he, was, he, he, did, he covered. He recovered good because he was like, "Oh, besides you." Yeah, he was yeah. trying to play cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried to get him. My mom just texted me. She said, "I think that was awesome." Okay, oh, mom, thanks. <laughs> that is sweet. That is sweet. Um. Anyway, I wanted. Um. I and I wish you and him a wonderful father's father and daughter day. Oh, thanks, Grace. You're welcome. Um, I called today because I just, I'm not worried. First of all, I'm not worried about the subway because I know the Yankees are going to win. The Mets will win a game, but the Yankees will win. Wow, you are already predicting the Yankees yes. to win the subway series in six. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Now, the other thing is I'm worried about, very worried about is the umpires. Yeah. I, they're behaving like those boxing judges. Like they're the stars of the show? No, like they're fixing the game. Oh, is that what you think? Yes. It's happened too many times. Too many times. Especially today. Today when judge was in the, in the sixth, in the sixth inning, the, the, the umpire called a strike on judge. It wasn't a strike. Mm-hmm. And he did it again in the ninth. The, yeah, the, the sixth and the ninth, I was on my way driving, so I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. But I, I take your word for it. Yeah. And he did it again in the ninth. In the ninth, he gave him my inside pitch. And I'm like, no wonder this poor guy have to gamble on himself. Because he gambled on base on the mount when he's about to bat, and he's gambling for his contract. You know, it, huh. it, it is kind of sad because I watched the whole inning and there was no unfair call throughout um, the Toronto play. 
there was so I'm wondering, Grace, to mm-hmm. to to rectify this situation. How would you feel about the ability for a manager to challenge ball, balls and strikes? Let me tell you something. That's the thing I don't like Boom about mm. Boom because he do not stand up. He do not stand up. One time he stand up for him, and I was so proud of him. Yeah. After that, he just dropped everything. He just stand there and he he just waited and. He don't say anything. You need to go out there and fight for him. Because if he fight for Judge, the game will change. It could have. And, and, and thanks for the call there, Grace. You see that, you know, uh, Aaron Boone is out there saying, you know, savages in the box. That's where, that's where that all came from, you know, him going out and arguing. And um, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I would accuse the umpires of fixing games. Um, but we had a caller, the first caller tonight, I believe, asked about robotic or electronic strike zones. I think they're great ideas. I think it's a great idea you know the human element of of the game i get but in situations like that that you just outlined there grace i think an electronic strike zone would make a ton of sense all right so you just heard my dad here on father's day uh if you want to share i don't know maybe a memory uh of going to games with your dad or something like that hey phones are open 877-337-6666 also all yankees talk all Mets talk. What do you want to discuss? Who has an easier path to the World Series? I vote Yankees, and so do 73% of the voters on my Twitter poll, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. I got, uh, what is it, Sunday Night Baseball on in the studio. Houston is leading the White Sox. The Astros are leading the White Sox 2-1 to one in the top of the fifth. Uh, I would love to see the White Sox pull this one out. That'd be great. 500 team, become 500. Um, with a win over the, the Astros, the cheating Astros, who will be in the Bronx this upcoming weekend. All right, I'm Daniel McCartan with you till 10 p.m. here on The Fan in New York. Come back to McCartan before midnight here on The Fan in New York City on this Father's Day. You know, you know the company Baseballism? I saw they posted on... Uh, a poem that I really liked about Father's Day, and it said, To the dads who chalk the base paths and set the balls up on tees. To the dads who haul equipment and the dads that call strike three. To the dads who make the lineups and to the dads who rake the mounds. To the dads who coach the bases and wave the runners homeward bound. To the dads who make kids laugh and make sure this game is fun. To the dads who sit on buckets. You guys are number one. That from a company called Baseballism. I'm sure you've heard of it. And I was just, I called my mom on the break and she said she thought it was great, my interview with my father just now. I cannot believe he told that story about going into old Giants. It wasn't MetLife, it was Giants Stadium at halftime. I can't believe he told that story. And I was like 10. It was kind of cool though. But I thought he was going to tell the story of how we together, this is in the year, Connor, I asked him for the year, It's it's two, it was 2008. Well, before any of this started, I was still in college and, uh, I thought my father was going to tell the story about how we won through Mike Francesa a trip to go to Florida to see the Giants. I think it was the wild card round of of, uh, of the year that they ended up going to win the Super Bowl. And we won the trip through the fan, actually. And we did, a, um, and again, this is, this is not, I'm not getting anybody in trouble. I wasn't an employee. I didn't even think of doing this at that time. And yeah, we, we did, we won the, uh, you know, the audio clip 
you know, I helped. That, that was that was mine. I, I like doing the audio clips, and he had all the other trivia. He used to have papers full of trivia, you know, questions that Mike would ask and all that. And he answered all those, and, and I, I was sitting there, and I got the audio right, and we went. We went. And I remember we were walking out of Raymond James Stadium. My dad said to me, and, and we were, you know, in the crowd of people leaving. And uh, that was so long ago, he actually brought a little video camera that he was not allowed to have in, and we had to go get it at the locker, actually. And we're, as we're walking to the locker, he said, well... They live another week, and the Giants ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. That's the story that I thought he was going to tell, but I guess that wasn't his favorite uh, sports moment with me. Or the L.A. trip we just went on last season for the Giants to see the Chargers and the new stadium. None of that. Just none of that. Or the time I took him to the Legend seats at Yankee Stadium. No, none of that. Time I got uh, on-field passes, again, before any of this happened with the New York Giants. Nope, none of that. The day we snuck into Giant Stadium. I can't. I was like 10. Anyway. <laughs> All right. In the order that you called, uh, Frank in New Jersey, you're up on the fan. Hi, Daniel. How you doing tonight? Good. How are you, Frank? Good, good. A uh, couple of comments, a question, and, yep. a, and, a, and a trivial moment with Pops. Go for it. Uh, God rest them. Uh, I didn't like the fact that Nesta Cortez had the conversation with the player the other day. A Randy Rosarina. Martin. Too chummy. Yeah, yeah. I think... I think Billy Martin probably would have cut him from the team for doing that. That's number one. Uh, uh, number two is Yankee Met World Series. Uh, I don't want any part of it. Don't. It's a no-win situation for our Yankees uh, to play the Mets in the World Series. Plus, it's too early to to hedge on it, though. But I think I would give the Yankees the the Yankees the edge in that game. Hmm. Um, Another thing is, and this is a question for you, mm-hmm. uh, do you, can you foresee Jeter returning to Yankees in some executive position going forward someday, and do you ever foresee Mattingly coming back to the Yankees in any position? And my Yankee moment with my pops, God bless them. I was about seven, six, seven years old. We went on a uh, PBA bus trip to Yankee Stadium. My dad was a police officer in Jersey City for 30 years. Wow. And we're coming out of the stadium, walking, walking across River Street, and uh, Yogi Barrett is stopped at the light. <laughs> he was notorious for getting out of the stadium right after the game. Yeah. And my dad spots Yogi Barrett. Yeah. So now you have 200 kids walking across the street with my dad and some <laughs> other cops. My dad yells, hey, Yogi, how you doing? Oh, no. The, the, the mass of kids descended upon his car. Oh. Traffic stopped for about 20 minutes. And, and you know, Yogi got out of the car and said hello to a lot of the kids. And uh, we were on our way after that. And really? I just thought that was a great moment. Did you get to meet him? No, he was just surrounded by all the kids. And uh, he was just patting them on their back. And, you know, kids say, hey, Yogi, Yogi. And finally got in his car. The cops came and. Help get him out of there, but uh, well, it, was, it was fun. All right, so Frank, fun. that's a great story there, Frank. And getting back to the questions that you asked, because we have to hit break in about 15 seconds. Uh, Jeter return to the Yankees? I don't think so, uh, unless it's in an ownership role, which I don't think so. Uh, Mattingly return? Eh, probably not. In what capacity? As manager? I think the Yankees are very satisfied with where they are, but, you know, never say never. And as far as Cortez and Arozarena. You know, it's one thing to, like, say hello to a friend, uh, you know, another team, a comrade or, 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 you know, paisano from another team. 
it's another thing to have a full-on conversation like that. Um, I don't agree with him being cut from the team, of course, and maybe Billy Martin would have done it, maybe he wouldn't have, I don't know. It, it, to me, it just it wasn't a good look, and, and to me, I hope that someone spoke, you know, took him to the side in, in the clubhouse and said, hey, Nestor, that's, that's a really, it's a really bad look, especially against, you know, it's the guy who plays for the Rays, you know. Um, so that's kind of my, my two cents on that. In any event, uh, we'll hit a quick break. We've got Peter Schwartz here in studio, and then uh, we will uh, wrap up the... F- Welcome into the final hour, the final countdown of McCartan Before Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. The last, I don't know, 55 minutes of the show. Get aboard at 877-337-6666. I just looked over and saw the lines full again. You have been awesome, everybody, tonight with the calls in. I I greatly appreciate it. Uh, We'll keep it rolling tonight. So you remember last week when I said I, I play in this New Jersey play sports Women's Basketball League, and I told you we were playing the green team next, and I was so excited that we were playing the green team because I felt that we had, a, based on my scouting reports of watching this green team on the live feed, that, hey, you know what? Here I am doing scouting reports in, in, on live feeds for a rec league, by the way, but uh, I thought we had a great chance to win that game, and it would be our first win. So did we do it? Did we get our first win this past Thursday night? Nope. No, we did not. We lost by four. You know, there's nothing more frustrating than when you're down in the final minute-ish, minute and a half-ish, and of course, again, it's rec basketball, so there is no shot clock, and no matter how tightly you play defense on the other team, they're able to pass the ball around, waste the clock, you know, I play usually at the top of our 2-3 zone, and I had gone out on that ball handler. I was had hands in her face. I turned her to her weak side. Literally nothing worked. And at that point, you know, we were only down by one, and there was a huge sense of urgency from my part as defender. And eventually the ball was swung to the, to the corner, the left corner, where their best shooter was waiting, and she drained a three-pointer. Game, set, match. And so my yellow team lost by four measly points really in the final possession of the game. Because if we got that ball back and we went down the field, down the field, down the court, um, there's a really good chance that we would have we would have scored and won the game. So very frustrating uh, for me. Uh, still thinking about that loss in my rec league. And, you know, again, I, I do do some scouting for this rec league. And you know what else I did? Starting Friday after school, I ran down to the field. I did some sprint work by cutting some bases. I ran back up to the school. I I even saw it was like a uh what was it? It ended up being like a mile and a half, I think. And with sprints in between, of course. And you know, I even saw some of my students on my way back up to school and they stopped me sort of kind of slowed me down at least and I said to them I took off one of my uh, my AirPods and I said, "I cannot lose another basketball game. That's why I'm running." And they were like laughing at me. Uh, because they know how seriously that I take this New Jersey Play Sports Basketball League. So then, that was Friday. Saturday, I ran two miles. Sunday, I ran two miles. Monday, I did some weight training at Evolve Fitness in Franklin Lakes. And I ran 1.23 miles. Tuesday, I ran two miles. Wednesday, I did some weight training. So I've been I've been gearing up for this Thursday game, as you could see. And we lost by four. And I can't even go this week. I ran yesterday two miles. I ran this morning or this afternoon two more miles. I'm running tomorrow. My bag's already packed down the field by, by, by school. 
and I can't even go this week because I have to be at graduation for my school. So I wish my yellow team the best of luck for this upcoming week. Hope they can win the game. And in the meantime, I'll keep up with my running and maybe at graduation I might be able to sneak a peek at the uh, at the live stream. I don't know. Let's let's see. I don't know how it's going to be this year. It's every year it's been different so far because of uh COVID and now we're all in, I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be, but watch them win the game without me there. That would really be the real frustrating thing. <laughs> Anyway, all right, we'll go back in the in, in the order that you called at 877-337-6666. Michael in Tom's River, you're up on the fan. How you doing? I love your show. Thank you. I have called in, I would say, end of February this year, and I suggested a shorten of spring training. Mm-hmm. And you said it won't happen. I said it wouldn't happen? Did I give a reason why? Yeah, you said because the... the the owners of the team and the managers, they love the free baseball. Are you sure that was me that said that? Yeah. I, I said that owners love free baseball in spring training? Yeah, because the, the players don't get paid then. That definitely was not me, man. You got mixed up with somebody else. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay uh, there, Michael. That was definitely not me. You got me confused. I'm Danielle McCartan, Coach McCartan. No way I said that. Kyle in Levittown, New York. You're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. I've been listening to you in your various spots for a long time, or as probably as long as you've been on the fan, I would say. Thank you. And I always love listening to you. You've got a great, great insight. And uh, especially today, um, you really showcased uh, the sentimentality that you connect with your dad and sports, you know, it, to me, that's always been a huge thing. My dad was my coach for everything. Yeah. Um, my uh, three-and-a-half-year-old, I started coaching his uh, peewee soccer, <laughs> oh, wow. wrangling children around, so it's been that? cool. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, basically I'm calling to share some sentimentality myself. I, uh, My wife gave birth to twins two days ago. Oh, congratulations. Uh, two twin boys. Um, future Yankee fans, and uh, so Father's Day has been pretty awesome, bouncing around to and from the hospital yeah. uh, with my three-and-a-half-year-old, um, but oh, I just wanted to address a couple, thank you so much, I just wanted to address a couple things Yankee-related yeah. and Met-related. first call I heard uh, today was <clears throat> a guy talking about how the Yankees have an easier schedule than the Mets. Um, it's you know, objectively possible, but it's like already a built-in excuse in my opinion. So I don't really like to hear that. Mm. And uh, I don't really agree that there's some conspiracy theory against Aaron Judge. I think it's really hard to call balls and strikes on the guy because he is just that tremendous. And if you're not a great behind the behind the plate umpire, you might miss a few. Um, well, I think isn't, that but the, isn't the idea though that they they have the best of the best behind the plate? I mean. Right? These are the best of the best. It should be. It should be, but it doesn't work like that because they have a union who, in my opinion, is a little too strong. I'm a union guy, but, I mean, you know, everyone points to Angel Hernandez, and it's just the most obvious case. I mean, he he sued. Wasn't he in arbitration with his own union? Or is it? No, with the... With the MLB. Who even knows? And, uh, yes. And he lost the case. With, with, yeah, you major know? accusations and this and that. And he lost, and he still won't go away, this guy. He's just horrible. <laughs> he won't. He won't. He'll just have to age out. And 
but hopefully, you know, I think the same caller was talking about, uh, you know, an electronic umpire behind the plate. Electronic strike and, zone, yeah. Uh, electronic strike zone. And I think it just makes too much sense not to do, and everybody knows it. It's just, you know, baseball doesn't like to change very often. And, uh, and it, there's been some drastic changes over the past Rob Manfred era, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So, um, you know, I would like to get your take on a couple things. Uh, maybe a little bit about the recent changes to baseball and how quickly you think we might be to see more changes. Uh, all right, Kyle, and thanks for the call. Um, I I am loving the pitchcom system. Love that. And that, of course, was born out of, as I look at the TV right now, the Astros controversy. The pitchcom system makes baseball that much more engaging, shortens the game. Um, I wish that there was a way, and I cannot believe I said this, and we had a whole, almost whole show about this when I said it originally, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but to get more action and generate more runners, they need to limit or ban the shift. I'm sorry. I can't believe I said that. We're not going to get into that debate tonight, but that's my opinion to, to get more excitement in the game. And here's the other thing. It's just, maybe it's not on the field. It's before the games. You talk about, um, that caller before meeting Yogi Berra on the street, you know, how about well, I was like in college when it was a giveaway at the stadium at Yankee stadium. And it was a passport giveaway night. No handed me mine. Joe Girardi, the manager of the Yankees handed me mine. It's the engagement with the fans that, that is lacking in today's game. They don't sign autographs before the game. I mean, some of my coolest memories, I was, I was old. I, I wasn't a kid. I was old and I brought a baseball to a game and I threw it. Well, well first of all, uh, this was before the Astros cheating controversy, and it was Jose Altuve. And uh, he was. we were standing by the dugout right above the uh, the legend seats, the field-level seats. That's where we were sitting. And I brought a ball, and I kind of, like, showed it to him. And he gave me, like, the go-ahead-throw-it kind of hands. And this is before the netting around, too, by the way. And uh, and I, I threw it to him. And he, he borrowed some kid's pen that was in the dugout prior to the game. He signed the ball. And he, he threw it back to me. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And, and then I loved Jose Altuve. And, of course, then, uh, you know, the whole, the whole thing. But, you know, it's just things like that, that that make you a fan of the game and a fan of these players. You know, without the passes and the, and the, the $500 tickets and that I think is 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 what this game nowadays is lacking, and that's what I would like to see Man- Rob Manfred go ahead and do next. Make these players more accessible to the fans and the kids, really, before games and stuff. And and why why is batting practice for the home team, both teams, ending before you're even really allowed in the in the in the gates as a fan? That, that's I don't know about that either. All right, uh, Sophia in Long Island, you're up next on the fan. Oh, my goodness. I cut down the line. Sophia, you're in. Can you just do me one favor? Just lower oh. the radio in the background. I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Oh, hi. I can't believe I got through. You're on. What's up? Hi. Well, I'm watching right now Houston Astro. Yep. And uh just want to uh, express what I think and strongly feel that Astro. And Yankees are the two teams they're gonna fight. Absolutely, you are right. My best, hundred percent. And I'd like to say whatever you're saying. 
Yeah, Sophia, and, and, and yes, you're looking at this Astros team, and I know they're playing the White Sox and everything, and, and here here's the prediction here. The ALCS is going to be the Yankees against the Astros. The NLCS is going to be Dodgers-Mets. That's it. You don't have to watch baseball until the fall now. You got it. I got you covered. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, and, of course, we'll do some more Yankees and Mets. But I did want to get into one Jets point uh, before I did leave here tonight. And that is, let's go back to December 30th. I was filling in for the midday time slot. On I was on break from school. And I love that, by the way. And I asked if it was too soon to label Mackay Becton as a quote-unquote draft bust for the New York Jets. And I asked 170 days ago, all the way back on December 30th, and and this is a direct quote. I went back. I said, why aren't more people asking where he is? You should have seen the blowback that I got on social media for even daring to suggest that. Because clearly, at that point, I was the only one to, right? Well, here we are, people, on June 19th, Juneteenth, Father's Day 2022, and that's all you hear nowadays. And I am changing my name to Nostradamus for the rest of the night. So your thoughts on Mekhi Becton's readiness for the 2022 Jets season. Have you already written him off as a quote-unquote draft bus or not? Well, then... Give me a call at 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle Nostradamus McCartan with you till 10 p.m. here on The Fan. Welcome back to McCartan Before Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. You know, on December 30th, I was filling in for the the midday spot. And uh, I said at the time, I said, hey, is it too soon to label Mekhi Becton as a draft boss for the Jets? That was 170 days ago, and I you should have seen the blowback I got on social media. Facebook, really, mostly. And um, I, I, how dare I even suggest that? How dare? I guess I must have been the only one at the time, clearly, because now everybody's talking about it on this June 19th. So Mekhi Becton stood at the podium during his press conference the other day, and it was in a blue T-shirt that had the phrase, Big Bust, circled with smaller phrases like, Out of Shape. Bum, sucks, overweight, injury-prone, lazy. And when he was asked about it, he said something along the lines of, uh, "It's, it's no, this is a direct quote. He said, a lot of words that I've been called my whole life, so I put it on a shirt. That's a direct quote from Mekhi Becton. Your whole life, huh? And he said, motivation, that's all it is. Okay. Well, this guy played just 48 snaps in a single game during week one last season and was never heard from again. You know, there was a four to eight week, or, uh, week rehab period that came and went with little to no explanation and on December 30th when I was filling into that midday slot which I love by the way after that week eight projection I literally asked why no one was talking about where Becton was December 28th two days before I took the airwaves the Jets shut him down no one's talking about it and he was nowhere to be found on a team with a rookie quarterback that so desperately needed him that I asked, is it fair to label him as a draft bust? Round one, pick 11, 2020 draft. Then, the guy was a no-show to the voluntary workouts in April. And at the time, I said, well, if all the hype surrounding me was that I didn't work hard and that I was overweight and, and all of that, I would have shown up to prove that I wasn't any of that. That was just me, and that was just in April. And I guess I, I, I would have been ready to go when called upon. And even now in June, 
But right now, I'm not too convinced about Makai Becton. And and here is uh, Makai Becton the other day being asked, and I don't know by whom, so, so I'm sorry about that, about his level of conditioning. Where are you at conditioning-wise? Are you close to being ready to? I feel like I'm close, yeah. 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 How much do you weigh now? Uh, I'm not saying numbers right now. I'm not giving up numbers. Are you satisfied with Yeah, I'm satisfied where I'm at. Me and the coaching staff. I'm not doing numbers. <laughs> Yikes, that's a red flag. Uh, how about the coaching staff? Yeah, here's the head coach, Robert Sala. Obviously, we're all aware of the the talent that he he possesses, the the size, the athleticism, the physicality, all of it, and uh, and he's really smart. So, uh, having him on the offensive line to, to to move people off their spots, so the quarterback, so the running back has running lanes, and the quarterback can sit in the pocket and buy a hitch. So, um, so yeah, he's important, and uh, and if he t- if he takes care of his business like we know he can, he's he's he can be transcendent. Takes b- care of his business like we know. He can. You mean the business of arriving to minicamp in shape? That's what that means to me. And overall, <laughs> that doesn't sound like a glowing recommendation to me. Becton's got a chip on his shoulder? Good. You know, a, a clip of him from that same press conference that has almost one million views, and in it, Becton says, I'm going to make them eat their words. Good. I will be the first person to stand right here on this desk and eat the words. Because Becton, Mekhi Becton, is exceptionally talented. I mean, just Google him pancaking Aaron Donald. I mean, he tossed Aaron Donald like a rag doll. So he said his expectation is to be on the field on day one. And Becton said, and this is a quote, he said, it's not that hard. Just got to eat right and drink a lot of water. And then he added, and mind my business. Oh, yeah, Mackay? Well, your time's ticking. And he said the knee is good. He said it's getting better, and he's getting the strength back, back in it. But guess what? 48 snaps last season. Just look at the numbers, man. Just look at the numbers. The point I'm trying to make is not that he got hurt, but the fact you can't that's inevitable. You can't help that, you know? But the fact that, excuse me, he didn't come in in shape. I mean, you're a professional athlete getting paid to play football, and you can't even show up at the weight that they want you to multiple times, not just this once. What kind of motivation do you need? Maybe it's me right now. Maybe you're listening right now, Makai Becton. Good. I would be the first one to say, you know what? I was wrong about him. I'll be the first one to eat those words, but you need to show me first. All right, in the order that you called, uh, John in Freehold, New Jersey at 877-337-6666. Go ahead. Hey, Danielle, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you, John? I'm good. I'm good. I like to discuss this Beckton situation with the Jets, and I also like to make a comment regarding the New York Knicks with the draft coming up this Thursday. Um, in regards to Becton, Danielle, I can't label him a bust, and the reason why I can is what I, my definition of a bust personally is when a guy gets drafted by a team, comes into the league, and from the very beginning is just nonproductive. Just nothing hits, nothing clicks, mm-hmm. nothing works, and he just is, is a net negative. I saw Mikel Becton be a dominant offensive lineman in his rookie campaign. I did, okay? too. He was motivated. Yeah. So that's why I don't know what's going on. I mean, I know he's got a girlfriend who he just had a baby with, 
I don't know how he's handling fatherhood. I don't know what his relationship with her is personally at this moment in time. I don't know where his head is or his conditioning. Uh, as you said, the Jets have been very, very quiet, very mum on where mm-hmm. he is, what he's doing, how he's doing, whether it's positive or negative. Um, I don't know what that signals. I don't know what that exactly means. Mm-hmm. But I do know when this, when this young man is motivated and he's hungry and he's in shape, he, he's dominant. And, and he's going to be a major asset and a major uh, important tool in developing our young quarterback in Zach Wilson. Of like, course he is. Uh, and how about the young running backs, too? That oh, Literally, it's, he's the lead blocker and he's a brick wall for these guys to run through. But, but, but John, if... if the Jets are so mum on this. Wouldn't it be like this triumphant thing at this press conference for them to come out and say, Mekhi Becton, he is in shape, he is ready to go, we are so excited. They said none of that. None of it. Well, it leads me to believe that they're mum on it because they don't want to embarrass this young man. He may be going through some uh, personal issues mentally, and they don't want to bring that to the forefront. They don't want to make that known, and I, and I don't blame them for that. You don't want to embarrass the young man. Okay, he may be going through a difficult time, whatever that difficult situation is in his mind that's causing uh, him not to be, you know, fully focused and motivated and, and, and eating right and doing the right things that he did in his rookie year. Uh, they'd really need to invest in, in getting him right, getting him fine-tuned mentally and physically and getting him back to where he was in that rookie campaign and sure. showing them, him the film and sitting him down and saying, listen, Mikel, you came in here, and, and took the league by storm in your rookie campaign. And we were so proud of what you were doing at that point in time. And you're young, and, and if you're healthy, and if you're motivated, you could have a very long, lucrative career, Yes, and you could provide stability for your girlfriend and your newborn baby right. and, and have a bright future for you and your family. And, and, and we want to help you in any single way we can. Please let us know what we can do to help yes. and get you on the right track, because we're here for you. And, and, and that's where I would leave it regarding him. Now, regarding the Knicks, this is a very important NBA draft coming up. We, we've all heard the rumors regarding Donovan Mitchell, but Danielle, I don't know what your position no, on that. No, you know what it is? Don't is. sell the farm for a Donovan Mitchell. He's not going to get well, you over the hump. Well, that, that's my point as well. Yeah. To me, that's revisionist history. That's Carmelo Anthony all over once again. You're going to have to give up way too many assets to bring him in. Yep. And then you're going to have nobody around him to play with. They're not close right now. Right. Um, I'm, more, I'm more aligned with the situation where they could engineer a trade, a draft day trade, which the let When's, let me ask you this question. When's the last time the New York Knicks engin- engineered a draft day trade, a blockbuster trade to bring in a difference-making young player to, to, to give them a core piece and, and, and a bright future? Yeah. It seems uh, I, I don't know what their internal discussions are at this point in time, Danielle. I don't know what their scouts are saying and what their play, player personnel people are saying. But if this kid, Jaden Ivey, is the real deal with the point guard position, you got to make that move. You got to be aggressive, and, and 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 for once, the New York Knicks have to make a blockbuster draft night trade and bring in a guy that could be a bright piece of your future without compromising the right. four pieces that you have now. Not disrupting Barrett. I want to keep Barrett here. Yep. I want to try to keep uh, Toppin here if I can. If I got to move quickly, I'll move quickly. If I got to move Grimes, I'll move Grimes. Yes. If I've got to give up several picks, you know, for the future, I'll do that too. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, you know, I, I got to keep the core pieces in place, and I got to continue to grow with the young kids, and I got to have kids, kids develop these kids because they're not close in any way right now. Donovan right. Mitchell's not the answer. He's not going to get them where they need to be, yep. and that would be a colossal mistake. I just hope James Dolan doesn't put his nose in it and get involved like he did with the Carmelo Anthony situation, and we wind up overpaying for Donovan Mitchell, and it gets us nowhere. Yep, and John, you and I are on the same wavelength with that, absolutely same wavelength. Uh, let's go, Kevin and Camden. You're up next on the fan, Kevin. What's up, Coach? How are you? What's up? 
I'm good. I want to talk about the Yankees in the match. Okay. I'm going to start this off. The, Yan- the Yankees, I- I'm tired of picks. I-, I-, I know you had a good game uh, yesterday. I- I- Andrew Benatendi, for me, is the answer. For me, if yes. the Yankees get-, get him, he's a rental. Yeah, just get him. He's the answer. I mean, he's the best option out there. Yep. I- and-, and I just got DM before before I was on- you put me on the air. Mm-hmm. Brett Gardner is not the answer. Can people stop DMing me about Brett Gardner oh, being the answer? Stop it. He is not the I mean, that just—I can't do that. That's, that's one. I just want to say that. No, don't DM me about that. I don't want to hear that. That's one. And I have an issue with um, Judge Banning second. Listen, Judge is having a great year. I'm yep. not denying that. You're not denying it. We all know how great he's doing this year. MVP. Yes. MVP. Yes, but he should not be batting second or leader. Well, I mean, I saw a couple of days ago he was batting leader. What is his fascination with? What is Bulls fascinated with batting leadoff? Yeah, they say, oh, because he'll get that many more at bats if he bats leadoff. No, 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 no. First off, first off, his production, the way he's the way he's built, he's built to drive in runs. So for me, if I was the Yankee manager, which I'm not, but I wish I was, because I would put Judge in the cleanup spot where he can drive in runs and hit home runs with men on base. I know it's a Boone, you know, doesn't really care, but Judge should be hitting home runs with guys on base. More than half of his home runs are with our solo. Yeah. And it drives me nuts. That's Kevin, I had the, the solo home run tracker and threw uh, tw- at least 25 home runs. 19 of them were solo shots. I am tired of seeing it. And I would kind of split the difference. I, I wouldn't put him fourth because that's a little too far down. I'd put him third. I think that's a perfect spot for him. Absolutely. I agree. And when Chapman eventually does come back, leave Clay home the closest. Yes. Because I'm telling you. He is, I mean, it is Mariano-like. I'm not saying he's going to be Mariano, because I know Mariano, but he's Mariano. I mean, his stats as a closer are great. Leave him there. Put Chapman in a low-leverage situation. When he pitches better, put him a little higher. That's how I would build with Chapman. That's just, you know, yeah, how I would that's it. You make the Chapman, you make a role of Chapman the seventh inning guy, the eighth inning guy, until yep. he builds up his confidence well enough that, that, you know, that potentially he could be used as a closer. Because right now, I am not touching Clay Holmes. He is the closer, period. Stop. That's it. Yep, I agree. And really quick with the Mets, I, I do believe that they they need bullpen pieces because today today was a, a prime example. I mean, there, there, there are days the Mets bullpen's been good. I'm not going to deny it, but yeah. there are days when you when you see, oh, maybe they need a little bit, maybe need like some fresh arms because, I mean, that's the one little thing I'll say about Buck. He he tends to use his relievers too much, and I'm not going to rip him too much for that because it's been you know pretty successful. But the Mets might need some uh, fresh arms in that bullpen. Well, Kevin, that's the thing. You can only do so much with the talent that you're given, and, and right I, now I, you're looking at that Mets bullpen, and you're like, uh, that can use another arm or two. I, I, I don't, I don't trust Alvarez. I tell you, I'll oh, forget I, him. I don't trust him and Lugo as much as, and I love him because I, you know, his mom follows me on Twitter, which is great. <laughs> and I love, I love Seth Lugo's one of my guys. But this year he hasn't had the best success, and tonight he kind of gave up the the grand slam, which. I mean, I, I don't agree with the, that was I don't, it. Yeah, I don't agree. I don't agree with the Mets fans booing him because he's, you know, he's had a good Mets career, but this year he has not been good. Well, he's not been what he has been. So you have to get quality, quality bullpen pieces. Try to build it, and if you can get another bat, like like the caller before said, JD Martinez would be great. Yeah, but you need you need another bat in that lineup because Pete needs you know Pete needs some protection because you know he's like the only bat. Realistically speaking, that you're actually scared of because, like, <laughs> yeah. you can walk Pete, and you know, who are you pitching to? 
Yeah. I mean, with all due respect to McNeil. Yeah, McNeil batted fifth the today. Boys, yeah. They, they, don't, they don't strike fear in, the, in, in your heart. Yep. He's the only guy. You need a, you need a big time bat to, to kind of uh, protect Pete. And that's, for me, that's what I would do with the Mets. Other than that, I'm pretty good. And I think Scherzer's coming back next Sunday. So hopefully, you know, pitching wise, we can hold up. But we need bullpen and we need another bat. So. That's pretty much how I feel about the Yankees in the match right now. GM will, Kevin from Camden. I agree with you. And I will say this. Makai Beckton, he is a bust. Listen, the guy can't stay healthy. I, I just, until you show me what you can do, and you, you had a great rookie year, but you haven't shown me much else. Yeah. Prove to me that you're good. Yeah, do it again. And then, and then yeah, if, you could, if you're so good, do it again. Yep. And, I, and I, will be, I will be the first. I will call you on the air that night. If he does play well, and he's there opening night, and he proves me wrong, I will call your show and I will apologize to him personally on air. Yep. Man. Kevin, you and me both. You and me both. Definitely. He was good. He was great. His, his I was going to say his freshman year, his rookie year. Now do it again. Show me again. All right. I'm appreciating all the love on the phones. Hey, let's let's keep it going in the final segment here on the fan at 877-337-6666. The Yankees and Mets are rolling despite two losses earlier today. Was Makai or is Makai Becton a Draft day bust for the New York Jets. He seems to, to to want to make people like me and Kevin eat our words, and we both gladly will. And by the way, before I let you uh, let you go on this uh, this break here, this is from the Yes Network. A tweet: Clay Holmes now has twenty nine straight scoreless appearances, breaking Mariano Rivera's nineteen ninety nine franchise record. That's it. You know what, Connor? Well, let's just put him in Monument Park. We'll retire his number. We'll send him straight to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right, I'm Daniel McCartney with you for another 20 minutes or so here on The Fan. Lori Rubinson's up next. Welcome back into the final segment of McCartan Before Midnight here on this Juneteenth, on this Father's Day 2022. Happy Father's Day to all the dads listening out there right now. Of course, to mine, too, who called in before. Had a quick little interview with him. A lot of nice feedback as well. Um, I... Uh, I kind of left the door open before this break, and I said, hey, whatever's on the table, we've got a few minutes left. Whatever's on your mind, give me a call at 877-337-6666. We have been hammering the Mets and Yankees all night, although they both lost. They are both, uh, today that is, they are both well in command of both the AL and the NL, respectively. And um, and the Jets, is Mekhi backed in a bus? That's, that's the other question I just laid out for you just a little while ago. So uh, let's go in the order that you called, of course. Let's go to Chuck in Chicago. has been waiting on hold for a while. Chuck, go ahead. You're on the fan. Hello. Hello there. First, long, uh, or long time, first time. Oh, uh, thank you. You made me think of my, 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 my father on Father's Day, and I thought of when he took me to my first Major League Baseball game. I was seven years old. It was 1953 at the Polo Ground. Mm-hmm. And like people of that generation, right, when we got to the ballpark, I was astonished that it was in color because the only thing <laughs> we could see in baseball was on black and white television. Oh, that's cute. And the beautiful green sky and the infield, mm-hmm. it was phenomenal. But my father took the time during that day to tell me, he says, no matter what you see today, no matter what takes place, I have to tell you, that the best player you're ever going to see in your life isn't here because he's in the Army. 1953, Willie Mays was mm. in his second year in the Army. Wow. Next year was 1954. He came back. He had a phenomenal year. The Giants won the pennant. They beat, the, they beat Cleveland in four straight. What a phenomenal uh, 
uh, time it was and, and, and what fabulous memories and what a gift my father gave me. And now as I go to baseball games with my sons and grandsons, it continues. So that's thank you for having me think about that on Father's Day. Oh, Chuck, that's awesome. That's a great story that you, that you went to the stadium and it was in color. That's that's hilarious. That's funny. That, that, that's a good story. I like that. Um, let's go to Diego and Oldbridge. You're up next on the Fan Diego. Hey, good evening. I'm so happy I was able to get on. Hey, I'm happy you're uh, on. I, yes, I've been listening for boy. Can I tell you, I've I've been listening since like the late uh, early nineties. Uh-huh. Um, Every once in a while, I try to call in. You know, kind of impossible during the day to get in. But uh, uh, I heard what I heard the topic you were talking about, and I heard so many names. I said, "Let me try to get on." And sure enough, you know, I was at that. Um, I was I was there for that last out, uh, Mets Yankees, uh, two thousand. Mm. Mike out to hit that ball. I I, I swore it was a home run. Um, you know, off of uh, Mariano. Yeah. And um, that was just uh, that was some shot. You know, the fact that. Uh, it wasn't. It didn't go as nearly as far as it sounded like in the park. And I actually went to the game with my sister. It was on my birthday, October nineteenth. Uh, so I thought they were going to pull out a miracle side story. October nineteenth, uh, two thousand six, is uh, when they got eliminated. Also, that was the Andy Chavez grab. Um, but anyway, um, you know, you you were talking about um, you were talking about uh, with a caller of three or four calls ago. About how um, one of these—I can't remember his name—but one of the, the rookie pitchers who came back and had a phenomenal year, and you ended the call with him by basically saying he's got to do it again. He's got to do it again, you know. No, Mackay um, Becton. Mackay Becton had. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, and you know, I, I always tell you know I'm a, I am a sports fanatic. I mean, uh, you go in my basement. I mean, I am I am literally. I mean, I am the sports fanatic. I'm a diehard Mets fan. I love baseball, so I can't hate the Yankees. Although I've tried, I used to watch the Yankees see if I, just to see if they would lose. I wouldn't watch them to win. But anyway, point I wanted to make tonight, um, which I'm else is, but like I said, I just wanted to get on. Um, I think, I think, I think one of the biggest, I think one of the biggest factors in sports that people don't realize sometimes is how good some of these players are. I mean, they're absolutely. Baseball has to be probably the toughest sport. Of course. Opinion, Diego, when, you, when you're up at bat and you're trying to hit a, a pitch with 12 inches of break on it, it's it's not that easy as these guys make it. Look, I always said when the Olympics come around that we should have just, you know, the Olympians running their sprints and, and their hurdles and having a regular person run alongside them so everybody knows how how amazing these feats of these athletes are. Absolutely, definitely. Have you ever stood on a sideline during a football game and, and just looked at the si- at just the size of those players? I mean, come on. I'm so with you. Yes, I agree with you. All right, we've got like three minutes and three callers here. Let's go, Ben in Queens, if you can keep it real short. Appreciate it, Ben. Go uh, keep it real short and go with something you know there. Uh, uh, let's, let's do it like this. San Diego played Gotham today. Alex Morgan cut him up for two goals. Ad- Alex right? Morgan, I told Connor before, 10 goals in 10 games for Alex Morgan, by the way. I'm hoping she keeps that because the women's qualifying is about to begin for their next World Cup. Uh, the Liberty played the storm. Yep. I I just hope Sabrina just paid attention to Miss Sue Bird on the other side. Yep. Not because of shooting, but turnovers. Sabrina tried to force herself on the game, and 
kept turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what happened today. It was a close game, but Seattle had control because we kept on giving them the ball back. Right. And finally, I will leave with this. I I, I could talk the answers to another day, but two words come to mind when I heard the best and cut you played, Eddie Curry. That is not good. Mm. Just look up Eddie Curry, and you'll see why I say that. Becton, talk is over. Get on the field and prove it. Well, that's Thank right. you for the time there, Coach. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it for keeping that short. Uh, listen, get on the field and prove it. And uh, he showed up, and if, if, if he was at weight, they would have made a big deal about it, and they did not make a big deal about it, which makes me think he was not. All right, Marty, you got like 20 seconds, Marty. Go ahead. Okay, thanks, uh, Daniel. Glad to talk to you. I'm actually calling from Washington, but I heard you earlier on the show, and I absolutely agree with you regarding Glaber Torres. I had a sense that when he moved back to second base, yes, he would be more relaxed and his overall game would improve, yep. and it's nice to see. And that's what happened. Yep, Marty, and thanks for that. I appreciate you keeping that real short. And then, Sparky, you've got about 30 seconds. Sparky and Dobbs Ferry, go ahead. Okay, quick. Uh, first of all, it was awesome you having your father on here. Oh, thank you. Okay. Thanks. Because um, I'm thinking some of the best days I ever had with my father was when I was a little boy and he would take me to Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now, as far as the Yankees, I think they have an easier path to the series in the match, but I put an asterisk to that because of one thing. And I think it is Yankee team. They have one thing in common with the 2009 team. In 2009, to get to the World Series, the Yanks had to beat their number one nemesis in the Angels. And this team, to get to the World Series, is going to have to beat their number one nemesis in the Astros. The Astros, yep. Okay. And as far as the Subway Series, this year would be the best possible year that you could have a Subway Series. Because you figure people were so down because of the pandemic, this would just lift everybody's spirits up. Especially here in New York, the, the epicenter of it all in the, in the country. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And also, with Becton, he is a bust. I'm sorry. You take one look at him. He's on a seafood diet. Anything he sees, he eats. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, Sparky, and thanks for the call. And thanks for keeping it short. Listen, we're not going to fat shame anybody here on this show, but when you show up overweight multiple times, it, it, it begs the question of whether or not you're motivated enough to play in the NFL. Anyway, thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you. I love coming here and talking with you. The hours just fly by. I'm glad that everyone that wanted to get in tonight was able to get in. I'm glad. If you missed any portion of tonight's show, just hit that Odyssey Rewind feature and select the start of the show, which was around 6-ish after Yankees postgame. Great job, as always, to A-Team, Connor Green behind the glass, also to Pete McCarthy, Peter Schwartz on the updates. I will see you next Saturday night, 10 p.m., to 2 a.m. And in the meantime, all week, hit my social medias at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan, and we'll keep the conversation going. Lori Rubinson is firing up the program in minutes next here on The Fan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Fan.